Ladies and gentlemen, we begin with a pre-roll. I want to tell you about Geek Fuel. Geek Fuel is a subscription box wherein you have at least $50 worth of geeky stuff coming your way when you subscribe. And right now, between now and midnight on July 31st, you can get your first Geek Fuel box for free by going to geekfuel.com slash geekoutloud. Geekfuel.com slash geekoutloud. And what they have all kinds of stuff. In past boxes, they've had everything from uh, Pac-Man salt shakers to uh, a comic book from Doctor Who. There's always a wearable, and there's always a full downloadable Steam game. So $50 worth of stuff, $6 shipping and handling domestic $12 international shipping and handling. That's all you pay when you go to geekfuel.com slash geekoutloud for your first Geek Fuel box. We're proud to be brought to you by them in this episode. So let's rock and roll and get into it. Well, on this episode of Geek Out Loud, we catch up on the movies of July. We look ahead to the movies of August, and we talk about some of the... uh, I believe the word that was used before the show got started was a treasure trove of anniversary movies on Pass the Corn! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Geek Out Loud. This is your morning show of geekdom. This is the Wacky Morning Show of Geek Podcast. My name's Steve Gloss. I'm glad to be along with you. Let's go ahead and bring this guy in, though. I'm telling you what, he is, uh, well, he's my brother from another mother. He's the man who brings all the notes. He's the man who does all the research. He's the man who pays all the bills. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> he is my brother from another mother. It's Eric Schernervice. What's happening, friend? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Just rocking and rolling to some Raiders right now. Rocking, rocking and rolling. Now, <laughs> now, Irish, I gotta, um, I gotta tell you what's going to be happening. Of course, we're going to be doing some passing the corn momentarily as we get into several different things. Just as long as I'm not passing the corn through you. No, right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I forgot about that. Last time we were doing that, I was. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? Sometimes you just start talking, you don't know what you're saying. Some, you remember? Did you ever? I know you watched The Office back in the day. Do you remember when Michael Scott he was talking one time, and he's like, "Sometimes I just start a sentence, and I don't know where it's going to end, and I just hope that it works itself out." And <laughs> that's what I, I do. I feel sometimes. like that's half the half our conversation. Well, sure, sure it is. Um, 
Now, a, a bit back, a little bit back, uh, well, a little bit back. What am I talking about? See, I'm trying to start something. I'm, I'm trying to do three things at one time right now. Uh, the other day, uh, old Shaz Bazaar, you know him? Oh, yeah. Uh, Shaz Bazaar. Shaz was, Bazaar. Shaz yeah, Bazaar. and I can't find his bumper. I how don't is, know. How has, like, somebody in the Gulliverse not turned that into a song yet? Well, you know, Shaz we, Bazaar. Shaz we, Bazaar. We have, uh, we have this, at least, that we've got. Oh, we've got the Thrawn song. How bizarre. Shaz Bazaar. Shaz Bazaar. Yeah. So anyhow, he was coming down from Tennessee back toward his place, back toward his home down in Lower Alabama, and he stopped off here in Old Rome, Georgia, and had lunch with me, and he presented me with something, and it was a it was a gift of games, little travel games, that among uh. them that among them were the Mad Gab, the Balderdash, and this game uh, that I look at now right in, in my face called Pass the Popcorn. Oh, yes, I believe I saw a tweet or something about this a while back from Mr. Shaz Bazaar. It's the old fast-paced movie guessing game. Oh, I love it. Now, there are various and sundry rules to it um, as you play the game. And, um, and he, and, we and, don't need no stinking Well, rules. no, but basically what you got is if we were sitting around a table playing it, we would each get to pick a a little face-down card that has either cast, characters, quote, or story on it. And, okay. And those would be the... And so, I, from what I understand, through the round that you're playing, you have someone who's reading the clues, and the only ones you, the only clue you can receive is whatever clue you, you've chosen to receive. You know, So randomly. if I chose cast, I can only get clues to the movie based on the cast. Right, right. I can tell you... Let's say, here's one, for example, I could tell you 1987 Fantasy, and let's say you only got cast. Your clue would be Robin Wright and Carrie Elwes. Oh, uh, uh, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, my name is Indigo Montoyo. You killed my father, prepared to die. The how, Princess Bride. I was going to say, how about that would be the quote that you'd be given on this one? Should <laughs> <laughs> you? <laughs> So yeah, so that that kind of that that's kind of the deal here. So now Shaz is all worried that you know I'm going to read ahead and find these things, but I could not wait to kind of throw this out on you, uh, and I figured it'd be fun to play a little bit throughout the episode. Yes, just to kind I of just to kind of lay some of this stuff on you. And um, what is this? Now hold on, this makes no sense. Okay, 2008 drama. 2008 drama. They, this is a misprint. No, just give it to me. I, I'm going give to. Me the clues. I'm going to. All right. Do you want? Uh, do you want the characters, the story, the cast, or the quote? Uh, let's do characters. All right. Game show contestant Jamal Malik and Latika. Uh, this is a 2008 drama. Yes. I don't know. All right. I'll give you the uh, the story. A youth from a poor part of Mumbai competes on a game show. Oh, uh, Slumdog Millionaire. That's right. On, the, on this card, mind you, and this is kind of funny, the answer that this card gives is The Princess Bride. So... <laughs> 
So there's okay. the, this will be fun. That means there's some misprints in this thing. Nice. Yes. It makes it collectible. That's right. Going to look going to look forward to playing this thing as we as we roll along on this particular episode of uh of Geek Out Loud and we do some passing the corn before we get too deep into it. I feel s- like you're putting my geek movie cred online here uh, too. I don't, I honestly don't know how hard these will be to be to be completely honest with you. So I uh, so well, I'm not I'm not trying to put you on the spot at all. I'm here. What you waiting for? Do it. That's, Ask me the questions already. That's Predator. I do it. All Take right. the bull by the horns. I won. Predator. Um, Copy diem. Seize the seize moment. The <laughs> Take the bull. Before we get too deep into everything, we want to thank our featured supporter on this episode, Marvin Jones. Chaos is his power. No matter how well laid the plans of those who oppose him, Marvin will make a mess of them. He brings chaos in a controlled way wherever he goes. That's Marvin Jones, our featured supporter on this episode of Geek Out Loud. He supports us over at patreon.com slash geekoutloud, and you can too by going to patreon.com slash geekoutloud and becoming a featured supporter. Right now, there is a uh, an exclusive pod up. It is the Rock Out Loud conversation that Kristen and I had before we actually went live with the with our definitive list of the top five greatest rock vocalists of all time. You can hear Kristen and I fuss at each other and yell, and uh, at one point I give Kristen an absolute aneurysm when I veto one of her picks. So, um, oh, wow. Yeah, it's it's a good time. So that's patreon.com slash geekoutloud. I, I got to say something there, though. Mm-hmm. That man's power is an oxymoron. You can't have controlled chaos. Well, see there? Chaos is just chaos. If you control chaos... Then it's not chaos. Well, is it though? It's just a little bit of eh, it's a little bit of merrymaking. Well, you know, the Scarlet Witch in the comics, she has what's called chaos magic. I don't know. Yeah. I like the idea of just chaos as a power. Okay. You like walk into a room and like (laughs) everything goes nuts. Yeah, but you got to be able to use it for good. I'd have fun with that power. Just kind of all the see. My, I feel like my life is already chaos, so I don't need, I don't need an extra dose of that on top of it. I really I'm liking if I, that idea if, of it, chaos as a superpower. Well, if I can pull back the curtain, the reason, the reason I gave him that corner is because his name is Marvin. And do you remember old Messy Marvin back in the day? Messy Marvin. Yeah. No, I don't. It was a commercial for, I want to say maybe like Nesquik or something. Or some kind of cereal, maybe? No, it was Hershey syrup. Yeah, Mess- old messy Marvin, Hershey syrup. Hmm. Yep. So good times. And just to go off on a quick tangent because yeah. you brought up commercial. Yeah. I just gotta say, there's a, I believe it's Walmart. Mm-hmm. There's a new Walmart like back to school ad that's playing right now. At least up here, it's playing. Yeah. Um, with like all the superheroes in it. With like Batman and Superman and yeah. Wonder Woman, and it's to the the theme song they're using is White Snake's uh, big hit. Here I go again. Oh wow, really? It's, it's basically you see like Batman wake up in the morning and go out his house like to go to school. Yes. Superman does the same thing. Wonder Woman, but it turns out that it's just the kids wearing the superhero apparel. Right. Right. So like when they get to school, then you see them as the kids as again. The kids, yeah. And it's just such a great, fun commercial and just like speaks to the power that, you know, kids, like all they need to do is put on a Batman shirt and they get to believe that they're Batman. Yep. 
you know, or put on a Transformers shirt and they get to believe they're Bumblebee or Optimus Prime. And they've got like the Power Rangers getting out of a car. You know, it's just it's just really fun. And with the White Snake song, which is a great song, it just makes it even cooler. But it's like one of my favorite commercials right now. Cool. Yeah, I think I know that one. So. Let me see if I can. Let me let me see if I've done this right here. That's the song. Yep. There's Batman. There's Wonder Woman flipping over the counter. There's old Superman stepping out the door. There's Power Rangers. Yeah, right. Power Rangers. Transformers. Transforming the parking lot. Good stuff. And then it's just the kids in there, you know. Yep. Gear, and their gear. Someone walks school. by. Yep. You know, I, listen. I long when I was a kid, I had a I had a Batman shirt, of course, during '89 during the big Batman revival. But in my little town, it was not cool to have Batman on your shirt. Um, as well as I had a I had a cool Spider Man shirt that I had airbrushed. You know, you remember airbrushing at the beach? Yeah, yeah. I had a cool Spider Man shirt. I had airbrushed at the beach. Wore it one time, and I was like, no, I can't wear this out in public again. Um, it wasn't it, you. You weren't encouraged to wear those superhero stuff back in the day. You could basically you get away with wearing a Star Wars shirt. Not, not even, not even that in my school. Really? Yeah. In your school? Yeah. No, I could. Uh, we could wear Star Wars shirts. Like yeah. that was something that like everybody was into. But yeah, I definitely could not wear like a superhero shirt or you know some would say like you know a Hanna Barbera character, or Tom and Jerry, or something. Right. like yeah. You couldn't, because you just wind up locked in a locker yeah. or something like that. Now, as that. a little kid, I could, but I'm talking like when I got to middle school, high schoolish. You know, you couldn't do that stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah. you go Walmart, put those kids out there doing that stuff, rock and roll it. Yeah, and it just kind of I see that, and it makes me. This is why we love this stuff. Oh sure, know? I mean it all started from kids, and so this is that I, commercial just makes me happy. Well, and I tell you, it's one of the reasons that I'm a I'm more of a proponent of. You know, tone down. If you have to tone down language or content to to make these movies as kid friendly as possible, I'm okay with that. You know, because I want kids to be able to enjoy these these superheroes and be introduced to them. You know, yeah, and, that's that's actually something I'm going to touch on when we get into our anniversary movies. Great. Well, this, yeah, <laughs> uh, this idea that you know they're not really making movies for kids anymore. That's true. Like they used to. That's so we'll true. get to that in a bit. All right. Well. Let's uh let let's let's make it official then. Let's get into some uh, passing some Turn passing the machine of the corn. On. All right, here we go. Hit that corn pop. Pass the corn. All right, Irish, 1989 drama. Do you want the characters, the story, the cast, or the quote? Give me a quote. If you build... Oh, come on. This is too easy. If you build it, he will come. Feel the dreams. Yes. Man, what an easy game. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah, it's, I, you know what? I've seen it one time in my life. Oh, I've seen that yeah. movie countless times. I still cry like a baby at the end when he asks his dad if he wants to have a catch. Oh, yeah. And it, and it just like, gets me right there. And old J.E.J. in there, James Earl Jones? Oh, yeah. Yep. Mm. Yeah, that's got a big cast in it. Ray Liotta, Ray James Liotta. Earl Jones, um, obviously Kevin Costner, Timothy Busfield. Uh, Burt Lancaster. 
man, that is in it. It's a huge cast in that thing. Yep. All in their little baseball outfits out in the field of dreams. Um. <laughs> so you, let's. Uh, you want to start with the movies or the trailers? Let's let's talk a little San Diego Comic Con. All right, let's do it. Um, how about uh, how about that Justice League trailer? Well, first off, they hit us with the Justice League poster, which I thought was pretty cool. Now, I got to tell you something. I've not seen the Justice League poster. It's re- it's cool. It's got the uh, it's got the heroes on it, and then it's got like the tagline that runs through the middle of it. Mm-hmm. But they use the heroes' different logos in the words for each of them. Okay. Um, and I forget what the tagline is that they use. I, I, I'm assuming you're looking it up right now. Well, I'm it's, trying. It, it looks like it. It looks like something that Alex Ross would do. Uh, you know, it's very much like an Alex Ross composition. The way they position okay. the heroes. It's got. But it's, uh, it's a pretty cool poster. Does it say you can't save the world alone? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then you see how like each of the words has it has someone's you know, symbol in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did see this, and it does look like I thought this is something that someone was doing, kind of as an homage to Alex Ross. But it really is a very much no. That was Alex the Ross official poster it. that they put out there. Oh wow, I, I dig it. I gotta say, I dig it, and I like the fact they throw the old Superman S in there. You know, I mean, it's not a. I guess it's not a big secret that he's going to be returning, so to speak, but. It is absolutely not a secret that he's returning because the big news the last 24 hours is that <laughs> these <laughs> reshoots that they're doing. Hey, how about Superman? Superman has already moved on to shooting the next Mission Impossible movie right. where he's got a mustache. Right, right. So they're going to have to digitally shave him. Yes. For Justice League, they're going to have to shave the mustache off. Yeah. How about only in geek culture do we get? so wrapped up in something like uh in something like someone's mustache being digitally but honestly this wasn't geek culture that brought this up this was either the hollywood reporter or variety it was variety yeah about it and then everybody else picked up on it yeah and now it's turned into this meme thing they're doing they're doing uh i've seen people like put photos from batman versus superman where they've all got mustaches yes, on it now yes, and yep. stuff well so i saw someone basically let me tell basically, you the, way to keep it a secret that superman is gonna live and show up in this movie well i mean let's let's see if we can play a little bit of this trailer here uh right now That's Wonder Woman stopping a bank robbery. Yeah. Which, by That's the way... Smart, smart to open up with Wonder Woman, too. Yeah, well, I mean, look... It's the biggest movie of the year now. Well, and it's and it's so far, it's been, honestly, in my opinion, the best uh, the best superhero movie to come out outside of the Thor Ragnarok trailer. But, um, <laughs> but also, let me tell you what I like about her busting up a, a bank robbery is it's classic superhero stuff. Yes. You know, someone going in and busting up a bank robbery. That is just classic superhero. It's also one of the few scenes in the trailer that's actually, like, in light. Yes. You well, know, the whole trailer. And this is something that I basically, after watching this trailer, I basically just 
resigned to the fact that it's a DCU movie. It's going to be dark. It's going to be all taking place at night or in heavy cloud or shadows or whatever. And I just have to come to to accept that. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Now, the other thing I noticed about this trailer, along with the darkness, <laughs> yeah. the the classic Snyder darkness, um, is is the music begins to be very Man of Steel music as you as you roll through it over through the voiceover and everything, like all the others. Well, this is now, the I, days when go ahead. I was a little confused as to who the voiceover was. At first, I thought it was Aquaman. Yeah. Because the voiceover starts with Aquaman. Aquaman. Yep. But after watching the trailer a few times, I think it's actually Steppenwolf. It's either Steppenwolf or Darkseid. Or Darkseid, yeah. I don't know that we're getting Darkseid in this movie, though. Well, I don't either, unless he sends Steppenwolf, unless we actually watch him send Steppenwolf. Uh, from what I, the little bit that I've read on it, I think Steppenwolf is the big bad guy. Yes, he is. But I'm saying we may see Darkseid send Steppenwolf to Earth, right? To get it going. Let me let me see if we can pull this up and get. Relax, Alfred. I'll take it from here. Uh, d- do I know you? Superman was a beacon to the world. He didn't just save people. He made them see the best parts of themselves. All right. I don't recognize this world. We don't have to recognize him. I mean, that is a variation of the Man of Steel theme that's playing in the background. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, it really is. And um, and I tell you, that, that was what I really dug about this trailer. I'm like, so they're revealing Superman without revealing Superman. Well, and then there's that little bit at the end with Alfred. Yes. Where, in, in my mind, it was the hint that okay, it's Superman showing up. Right. Right. Well, and the like the water, like the water does the Jurassic Park thing. Here it is. Yeah. You said you'd come. Now let's hope you're not too late. And the way his eyes dart a little bit down when he says hope. As though he's yeah, looking I mean, at who symbol. else could it be? It's got to be Superman. It has to be. It has to be. There's also in this trailer, they mention, the, the voiceover that you talked about mentions there's no lanterns or Kryptonians. So right. just by that phrase, you know, Green Lantern oh, is now I entering into the mythology. The lanterns yep. bit. Yeah. I, I caught the Kryptonian bit, yep. but I didn't pick up on the lanterns. He says no lanterns. Interesting. Yep. So uh, we, I mean, so we're getting into that, that, that realm you know that's at least through that word is being introduced into the the current dceu as they call it so well look i'm excited i mean the the, the trailer didn't blow me away but i'm excited to see more wonder woman i'm excited to see them all working together you know i mean we're gonna get the justice league in live action on a big screen that's got me pumped. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just hopeful that it's going to be a great movie. Yeah. I, I, I am too, and I know they're doing a lot. Of, apparently, they're doing Rogue One level reshoots with Joss Whedon. Yeah, they're spending um, like $25 million on that. Yeah. So, you know, so, I don't know. I don't know what it. that port. Yeah. I don't know what that portends uh, for, the, for the movie itself, but, you know, Joss Whedon. He knows how to do these ensemble cast movies, you know, and he's, yeah. and he's got tons of geek cred. Um, 
So we'll see, you know, and, and I mean, he's now the man who walks between two worlds. And yes, he is. Him and J.J. Abrams. That's right. You know, has he's now he's now directed in Marvel and DC. Now he won't receive a directing credit on this movie apparently, but um, no, that's because still this go is to not Snyder. the first time that you know George Lucas stepped in and directed parts of Jurassic Park so that Steve could go off and do Schindler's List. Right. I, I mean, how about like how this, about you just? I said right, like I knew that. That's the first time I've ever heard that piece of information. Really? I don't know why I just glossed over that with a right. I, it took yeah, me a minute. Stuff, I, stuff like this happens a lot. Well, you know, yeah, sure it does. If you like your friends or or close or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, a lot. George Lucas directed second unit stuff on Return of the Jedi. I did know that. I didn't. And well, you know, there's a. Some people have even said that he's gone as far as like you know directed some of the the main stuff too. He may have too, yeah. Yeah. So So, yeah, he's. I mean, it happens, but yeah, sure. And especially under the circumstances of Zack Snyder leaving, yeah, I don't think Joss Whedon would take a director's credit on this movie. No. Even if he was forced to, I think he would try and find a way out of it. Sure, I I think so too, Joss. I think Joss is a stand up guy, and I think you know, and he is stepping in for a friend. Um, I was just making mention that I'd seen someone, I saw somewhere where someone was kind of acting as though it was not a good thing that he was, that he wasn't going to receive a director's credit. And that's why I bring it up at all. Um, because I'm like you, I don't think that he would even take one at this point, you know, even if he, well, and the, the, the DGA has very strict rules about director's credits for yes. their movies. Yep. So it may not even be either of their choices. You know, uh, I think that if a director directs a certain percentage of the movie and, you know, if anybody out there knows the DGA rule books, you know, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But, you know, the the union definitely has mandates as to how the director's credit is assigned. Yeah, I don't know what the current uh, the current rules are. Um, I I just know that um, that as it stands, um, in, in the 1970s, it was a little bit over half because that's what Richard Lester had to step in and do on Superman 2. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and I think, like, with the Han Solo movie, I think we'll see uh, Lord and Miller. Mm-hmm. They will probably get a director's credit on that, most likely along with Ron Howard. Okay. So we'll see. I mean, that's still a big discussion that's to come sure. from what I've read. So. Yeah, well. All right, so that's That's, that's a tricky thing. situation over there. Um but, so we just brought up the beard, yeah. And his big new movie is Ready Player One, and we got our first look at that at San Diego Comic Con. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, yes, sir. A lot of Easter eggs just in the trailer. I've got to say, I never read the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I know like a paragraph summary of what the story is. I was not impressed at all with this trailer. Really, it didn't do it. Didn't do anything for me. Okay. I love the music. I love the. The, the first uh, little instrumental piece they used, I can't remember what it was now. They're playing, they're, they're, it's a very uh, slowed down it's version. I when you wish upon a star, no, wasn't it? No, it's a very slowed down version of um, In a World of Pure Imagination from Willy Wonka and yes, the Chocolate Factory. Yes, yes, that's yeah. it. And then, of course, they kick into Rush. Right. And you put Rush in anything and it puts a smile on my face. Well, that but plays into the book. Rush is a big theme in the book? Rush is a big, it, Rush is okay. like, because well, because Ernie Klein loves Rush. All right. And so, you know, so, and he so does... he loves the Back to the Future DeLorean. Well, he loves the 80s. Yeah. And so... But I just... 
the trailer just was like, eh. Okay. It, it, it didn't do anything for really? me. Really? That surprised me a little bit. Because I, I know that there are a lot of people losing their minds over it. I'm not going to say it didn't do anything for me. But I just knowing what they can't use uh, in this movie um, is kind of heartbreaking. Uh, you know, like what can't they use? Well, for example, the Iron Giant. When it when you see the Iron Giant walk on the screen, right. um, he is taking the place of Ultraman. Um, and uh, and and I and Mecha Godzilla makes an appearance in the book, and I don't know that you'll be able to see him. There are other things here and there that are just you know that Warner Brothers just don't doesn't have the rights to use and and may you know i understood that steve kind of took his stuff off the table too yeah and that was more of an act of humility but i i wish he yeah. had done that you know it's like come on man i you mean know. he is on the mount rushmore of 80s sure he is sure he is but there's a you know there are some other cool easter eggs like you can see the eight when all the people are getting in their cars you can see the 18 van and the carry car um you know the, the this the the whole idea here is it's a society that is wrapped up in '80s pop culture because of the guy who created this huge virtual reality world was into '80s pop culture. So he so everyone's kind of adapted to that, and so when they get into this virtual reality world, that's kind of what it's all about. And you can be anything, do anything. You know, it's just what it's the fantasy of what virtual reality could be. And um, and it is kind of like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory in that you're looking for the the keys. The people have been looking for years to so the keys and the clues and unlock what this man's last will and testament was. That you would inherit his fortune. You would inherit the Oasis. You would inherit all that was his. And it becomes a race against the corporate evil people. Um, you know to keep this thing for the people. Uh, once once the first clue is unlocked, like it just becomes this whole thing, and it's really this. I really feel like that the book is great. I, I love the book. The book is so much fun, um, and there are moments worth cheering when you read through the book. I I don't know that the movie in in a two hour time frame is going to be able to really accomplish what the book does because the I, the book an adaptation of the book really does lend itself pretty well to a three up. To a three-part arc, to a, to a trilogy, because the movie is done, uh, the book is done in basically three parts in three acts. Um, okay. So it it's you know, I, I I just I don't know. I I dug the book in a whole lot. We did a whole Goldiverse reads episode on it a while back. So I thought you did. Yeah. yeah I would. I, right, I got I got a, I got a shout out to Alicia Pattett on the the Guardians of the Goldiverse Facebook page. Sure, the old admiral. At, after seeing this trailer, she posted something, uh, and I'm just kind of paraphrasing this. Mm-hmm. She says, I'm not an IT person, but wouldn't the energy needed to run this game for millions be enough to fix the energy problem, period? Just playing the game, that energy can be used for everything else. Well, I got to tell you, I don't know that I remember there being an energy issue. I just remember there being a an economic issue and okay. a, a bit of an overpopulation issue and and it wasn't necessarily as it was fossil fuels maybe as much I don't know because people are driving around and stuff so I don't know that I remember there being a, a real energy issue as much as environmental and economic and so I could be dead wrong on that though all right but um 
but yeah, so I saw that post and I and I need to go back and reread and kind of and kind of get in on that and figure out if that's the case. But the whole point of what this man developed was that anyone could have access to educate to the best education because all you have to do is put on the the harness and you know go to school and anyone could do anything they wanted to do and and you know it was it's meant to fire creativity and all this other stuff and and of course the corporate bigwigs want it to monetize and that sort of stuff all right well it's spielberg which means i'm there in the theater regardless so. how do you feel about that shot where the old delorean is is flying and then it puts the wheels down and swings around the corner no it feels weird to see the DeLorean move that way, doesn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, it just feels weird to see the DeLorean, period. It's like, <laughs> it just feels forced. It's like, unless Marty or Doc is behind the wheel, like, yeah. I, I, I feel like cheated. Yeah. Like I'm cheating on like a girlfriend watching that or something yeah. like that. I don't know. It just felt weird. Sure. I mean, look, I know all of this fits into the construct of the story, but just watching this and of course like right away afterwards it's like all the posts about did you see this or did you see that or did you see that like i'm really afraid that this is just going to turn into a did you catch all the easter eggs well and in in a way that's a lot of what the book is but because it's a book and you're reading they're spelled out for you yeah you know and and so and so you're able to either slow down and imagine it or just you know go right past it but it the the sheer volume of stuff that goes on in the book is just it's it's out and i'll tell you what is more intriguing to me in the book there's a moment i well i don't want to get into it because of spoilers but what are he yeah and look we're spending a ton of time on this so. i know and we've talked about like i said we've talked about ready player one before but what the hero has to go through in the end to overcome is 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 a great moment in in storytelling and, and that sort of thing so all right uh I, that's what i'm hoping they kind of hold to is is what he has to go through i'd be fine with fictional stuff so uh Eris, my favorite superhero movie of the year has been well, released. Wait, before we get oh. to your favorite superhero movie of the year is there one more we're in the, we're in the 80s we've got one more 80s themed thing to talk about oh do we the trailer for stranger things season oh, two. oh yes oh was Phenomenal. Dude, I tell you, I'm I've got to actually I want to sit down and and rewatch season 1. I and, and not even yeah, not even in October. I want to do it now. Like I just I I really dug that movie last or that that series last year when when it hit and and I saw people talking about it. I'm like I got to check this out and and I did and I was so happy that I did. You got to do this. Let's engage. I love this 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 is a great trailer by the way. Well, just the opening with them playing Dragon's yes, Lair, which yes. is honestly one of the worst video games of all time because it cost a fortune and you only lasted like 10 seconds in it. Oh, yeah. But it was also one of the coolest things because it was so different from everything else out there. Oh, yeah. He got further in that game than I've ever seen anyone get, by the way. Yeah. 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 That's so... Uh, that's. Oh, man. But immediately I was like, oh, that was me and my friends when we were 13 years old. Yes. Yep. Well, just the old arcade days, man. I mean, yep. gosh, there's nothing like it anymore. And then you go from that into Will experiencing the creepy cool and possibly the new bad guy, that big monster. Oh, that's like and the god of the the god of the upside down. The brilliance of the trailer starts. Well, let's get there. Here we go. Nothing's going to go back to the way that it was. Not really. I saw something. I don't 
midnight hour is hours close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize, to terrorize your neighborhood. neighborhood. Whosoever shall be found. Sometimes I feel like I still see Must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. Whatever is happening is spreading from this place. What is it, that? Not me. Everyone else. Oh, dude, I, I love the mix of Thriller. I love the way that it just comes in. And then... The Vincent Price stuff just works perfectly yes. with this trailer. Yes, it does. It sets the mood brilliantly, and it fits into what's going on. Just great. And then the Thriller and the music keeps getting like more up-tempo and up-tempo as the trailer's picking up. And then, bam, we get that awesome little bit with the leaven at the end yes oh i'm so pumped for this man like i I want this now and you know what i love they're calling it stranger things 2 not stranger things season 2 that that they really are playing as though the first season was a movie and that this is the sequel i yeah i love that and oh i just love dude i love that show so much when it came on when when i the first time i'm watching i'm like wow this really and then it goes through the whole teaser, and then it comes on. the The words start to come on the screen, and it's got the it's got the intentional like degradation of the film, and those letters are coming together. I'm like, how did I end up in 1982? This is amazing, and yeah. I just oh, so good. The Ghostbusters so good. bit, the bit with the trap, like kind of being alive, yes, and yes. around. <laughs> oh, it just looks like so much fun. Yes, yes. And it also, it looks fun, but it also looks creepier yeah. and scarier yep. and darker than the first season was, too. Well, I mean, uh, look, when the kid, when the whole thing ends with the kid, you know, coughing up a slug from the other yeah. side. Oh, oh, yeah. man, I've got it. Yeah. And you, you know that the guy who plays the sheriff in the series, he's going to be Hellboy in the new Hellboy movie. Yes, I did know that. That's yeah. a great choice. I'm excited about that, too. So... So now, my favorite superhero Now, movie? now, we talk about your favorite superhero movie of the year, so which is only a trailer. That's right. <laughs> I lost my armor, like yesterday, so that's still pretty fresh. <laughs> and then I went on a journey of self-discovery. Where I met you. Yes, yes. You have no idea. Hello, the goddess of death has invaded Asgard. Oh, I've missed this. And you and I had a fight recently. Did I win? No, I won easily. Doesn't sound right. Well, that's true. (laughs) Man, this movie just looks like it's going to be so much fun. Yeah, and the poster is amazing. The poster is great, brilliant. Yeah, I kind of want that poster. Like that poster is something different, right? I mean, like it's something yeah. we hadn't had in a while. Of just like, look at all the pretty now, colors. 
Someone took the poster and changed everybody's face on it so it was Jeff Goldblum. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's nice. That's good stuff. Like the Hulk is a green Jeff Goldblum face. Nice. That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, but I love play the bit at the end. Of course, yeah. Um, and I, I'll talk about it once we play it. Here we go. I'm just a couple of hot-headed fools. Yeah, same. Hulk like fire, mm. though I like water. Well, kind of both like fire. But Hulk like raging fire, though I like smoldering fire. <laughs> now, look, <laughs> I saw an article or a link to an article like... Uh, like we explain why Hulk talk, we explain Hulk's baby talk, and I'm like, who needs Hulk's baby talk explained? That's how Hulk talked in the in the yeah. books. Like I, that blows my mind because for years, even I've said, well, you can't really do that. You can't go that on on the screen. And then when he did it, I'm like, oh, it, it works. works. It worked. <laughs> it works. It's so good. And I love that they have like just. It's like. You know, two brothers, the way they have a rivalry. One yes. has to constantly be trying to one-up the other. Yep. And it yep. goes back to the Avengers movie. Yes. You know, yes. where they take the Leviathan down and then Hulk just knocks Thor out. Yeah. Well, it goes to their first fight on the on the, on the the helicarrier, you know? That's right. Yeah. And, and it just and it es- escalated from there. The other thing is, and I need you to get my back on this, and I'm just going to call him out because I don't care and he don't care, but Scott Rifen, who loves to just ruin my fun was telling me, you know, number one, there's been there has been talk of this looks a lot like Guardians and I'm like, well it's happening in space in the Marvel yeah. universe. So there's going to be there's got to be a consistency of feel to the universe. And hello, Guardians made a gazillion dollars. That's right. That's right. Of course they're gonna try and marry the two. But he then says, well, based on what the opening of that Infinity Wars footage is, marry those two in more than one way. I mean Thor shows just you know, slamming into the Milano or whatever their ship is called now. Uh, but he says that last shot where Hulk is going at Surtur, the big demon, the big giant demon, yeah. is the same way the Guardians trailer ended with Drax going at the Beast. And I'm like, no. Yeah, this is true. No, it's not. It's just it's your typical action shot or something. But this is a huge yeah, demon beast that fills the whole screen and makes Hulk look tiny compared to him. That beast was just a little bit bigger than Drax. Look, we've seen the big money shot at the end of trailer after trailer after trailer yeah. after trailer. You know, it doesn't mean that it's any less cool. Thank you. Thank you. Take that, Scott Rifen. <laughs> I mean, we want to see Hulk fighting a big giant demon beast. Dude, that's Surtur the Giant. Hulk oh. is strong as there is. Yes, he is. He's like a raging fire. And <laughs> I just... Raging oh, fire. I, <laughs> I mean... Just everything we are seeing on this, from even from that first little comical video that they made about why Thor wasn't in Captain America three, you know, where he's hanging out with what was his name, like Steve in that apartment in Australia or mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, just every little thing that they've done for this movie so far has just been spot on brilliant. Yeah. Yep. Now I'm going. Now I've also got to call out Teresa because Teresa's chilling out in the chat, and she says, "Can Thor just carry around a porg and be topless?" <laughs> Teresa's wanting to objectify Thor and be like mesmerized by the cute little critter from uh, from Skelet Michael. But from, let's be honest, from like, Octu, if he's holding a porg, nobody's going to even notice him. I don't know, like, brother. I got to tell you straight up, I I objectify Chris Hemsworth with his shirt off too. I'm not going to lie. The Porg mania has just taken over. Yes, yes. It's crazy. 
Porgs. That's the uh, that's the old sizzle reel. But uh, you got anything to say on that? I don't have a lot to say about the sizzle reel. Not, I mean, like I, the sizzle reel for for Last Jedi. Uh no. Okay. Um, I don't either. I mean, pork has We're been the big thing to come D23. out of that. You okay. guys covered that already. All right, sounds good. Uh, well, let's get into the movies. You want to hit me with another question? I sure do. It's a 1972 thriller. Do you want the character, story, cast, or quote? 1972 thriller. Uh, right. You better give me with story. You better give me story. Oh well, you're going to get it easy then. A canoe trip goes wrong. After four minutes, deliverance. <laughs> yes. After I got to finish this though. This is the synopsis in one sentence. A canoe trip goes wrong after four men from Atlanta encounter some hillbillies. That's putting it lightly, right? Goes wrong. Is that the Glosson family story? <laughs> no. Squeal like a what now? <laughs> Squeal like a pig. <laughs> you got to. Oh, did Ned Beatty, Beatty? Did I mean? Did that? Did that part not show up in the script he was given when he was looking at doing that role? I don't know. They made some messed up stuff back in the Oh, 70s. yeah, yeah. Ned, here's what we're going to need you to do. We're going to need you to strip down to your underwear and uh, squeal like a pig. All right, uh, let's get into some of these movies. What would you think of Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming? I've talked about it. I want to hear what you yeah, have to say. Yeah, yeah, we, we don't have to go into detail on this. I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was a great, excuse me, a great Spider-Man movie, mm-hmm. but I also thought it was a fantastic MCU movie. Yeah. Just from the get-go, from the very first opening scene, like, you know, the the dead Leviathan in the middle of Grand Central Terminal is like, oh, yes, I love this already. <laughs> well, damage like, all control. All the way to the big twist at the end that I hated. I was like, how did you not see this coming? It's so brilliant, though. Um, you talking about the twist of parentage? Yeah. 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 Yes. So good. Hey, did Michael Keaton give us one of the more compelling MCU villains since Loki? Yes. I think so as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Because because he wasn't just a villain to the hero of the movie. Like mm-hmm. he was his own thing. Yeah. Like yeah. he he didn't involve himself in Spider Man's life. It was Spider Man involving himself in his life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he had his own agenda, he had his own agency. I can't believe I just said that. Um, <laughs> like you know, he was just his own thing, and he was yeah. so good. And he looked so awesome with that bomber jacket on. Dude, they really did. They did a great job of evoking the feel of the original Vulture in the comics and everything, and still letting it look like it belonged, and using the the Chitari technology and everything. Just really worked. It was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. Um, the uh, even the, like shocker in it like work didn't yes. feel forced in yep was organic to the story yeah i i just i loved it all now i'll tell you this what i absolutely loved and this is going to be made and i didn't mention this last time but an obscure reference really kind of obscure was damage control yes. um when damage control comes in damage control literally is the cleanup crew of the marvel they come universe in and clean up after all the big battles yep Yep, and uh, I, I don't know that they were introduced in a miniseries during the Acts of Vengeance storyline, but that's when I became aware of them. They had their own series for a short miniseries well, or short they had a series. Four, they had a four-issue miniseries back yeah. in, in late in 89 and 90, and then they had a... Um, they did, uh, yeah. Everything ran about four issues that they'd ever get, and I don't know if it was meant to go longer, some of the later ep- issues and what have you, but man... Um, 
it was usually played like damage control was usually funny like it was played for more laughs and you'd have your superheroes right. show up because they showed up after the after the fact kind of but um later on they would try to make it a little more serious with some stuff but i just love that damage control was in there i thought that was pretty cool it was smart it all worked it just all worked and the last line of the movie was hysterical uh, you know the aunt may scene yes was yes so good yes um and then the uh you know i love the the credit scene where it kind of teased that you know because i'm really hoping we're gonna see sinister six yes for sure and, and, and i love that little teasing i love the actor who played uh garvin gargan scorpion gargan yeah, yeah mm-hmm. scorpion um he's on uh better call saul he's fantastic on that um and then and then the Captain America bit at the very end was just oh, priceless. Yeah. Maybe the best post-credit scene we've had yet. Yes, agreed. Because it was basically just it was, it was making fun of all of us who sat exactly. in the theater to see that. <laughs> exactly. So basically, like you're a bunch of idiots. He w- look. I will say this. I feel like Spider-Man had a little bit too much technology too soon. Um, you know uh, the the, but that's not. That did not but ruin the movie. They worked it, I thought they worked that really well. Mm-hmm. It, into because him and his friend being able to hack the suit and stuff right. like showed that you know these aren't just normal kids. Yeah, they're they're hacking into a piece of Tony Stark hardware. You yeah. know that's that, that's not something that the average Joe can do. Um, you know, and then also then losing the suit because of it. Like I thought was a great growing moment mm-hmm. for him, made him go back to like back to basics who he was, and then I also liked him rejecting the suit at the end. Yes, yeah, this was a test, wasn't it? And he's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that it wasn't a test. Like he was really offered him a spot. Um, so I have not seen more for the Planet of the Apes, but you did. I did. I was really really excited for this one and honestly i gotta say i was let down i'm still waiting to see the war that was promised mm-hmm. in the title um well I, you I, know i saw something the other day this was great the cast was great the technology that allows them to mocap these performances and make them like these real believable apes was fantastic just the plot and the story was really slow hmm. was they seem to be rather slaved to the original Chuck Heston movie. Oh, yeah? Like, putting pieces in place for it. Um, that I just felt like they didn't need to do. Um, it, it was just, And it was overly long for the small amount of story that we got. Mm-hmm. I was just... I, 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 I was bored at times. Like, I was expecting this big, epic conflict, and it just it was more like a more appropriate title of skirmish for the planet of the apes. Yeah. Because, in, in a set, essentially, that's what it was. That's what that's a lot of what I've heard and, and seen written, um, that this movie was mistitled and that the previous movie should have been more for the planet of the apes. Or that, yeah. that you know, and, and so... Um, and, they, like, all the good stuff in the movie, they released online. Right. Like right. that that big bad ape scene was one of the best scenes in the movie. Like you didn't need to put that online. Like what are you doing? Um a, a lot of the stuff was in the trailer. It was just, you know, I kept waiting for Woody to be like so emotional. 
Um, so, yeah, just a letdown. Yeah, I hate to hear that. Uh, Dunkirk, you haven't seen it. I've not seen I it. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going this weekend because it's just getting rave reviews. Yeah. People it, are just raving about it. This is Christopher Nolan's new movie, uh, the, the World War II movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this, the true story that I have purposely not educated myself on because sure. I don't want to spoil the movie based on a true story. <laughs> right. Well, th- and this this leads me, I haven't seen it either. Um, I feel like I know what's going to happen based on history. Um, and that's not why I haven't seen it. I just haven't gotten out to see it. But this leads me into, have you seen the trailer for Gary Oldman's next movie? I have not, and somebody was telling me that it looks fantastic where he plays Winston Churchill. Erish, I defy you if you did not know that was Gary Oldman to see that it was Gary Oldman. All right. He's amazing. I've heard that it looks like it's going to make a great companion movie to Dunkirk. Yes, or any any World War II film of the past 15, 20 yeah. years. I mean, it, it I gotta, is. I got to look for this. And yeah. actually, it might have been you that told me about no, it. No, I I, we hadn't talked about it. Okay. So, um, somebody, somebody definitely mentioned it that I should be looking it up. So, mm-hmm. Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. That looks fun, man. I, I'm, I'm really it kind does, of wanting to see but it. The reviews have been eh, eh, kind of like middling for it. Like it did no box office its opening weekend. Um, I was really hopeful that this was gonna, that this was gonna be a hit. I yeah. love Fifth Element. Um, you know, it's Luke Besson directing. This was a passion project of his, uh, based on a French comic book. Um, how's it doing? It looks really cool, but how's you know, it doing? I, I, I had friends who saw it, and they were just yeah. And it didn't do well at the box office. No, that's unfortunate because I like I like a good fun looking sci fi movie like this. And There's definitely room out there for space operas sure. and it just seems like unless it's star wars or guardians of the galaxy now nobody's interested in yeah them. i i feel like this has potential to to become one of those cult classics though i'm hoping not that I'm i hoping again I, I can't say that based on having seen it but man i'm looking right here and it said they had a 177 million dollar production budget yeah, and I think it only made like seventeen million over the weekend. I'm seeing a domestic total as of the twenty fifth yesterday, twenty one million. Uh, wow. A friend told me that it was a great movie, except for the scenes where the two lead actors were speaking. Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, there yeah. that is. Well, I hate that because it does look fun, and uh, and I still want to see it. So, um, Greg, wake up! I was told to say that in the chat. Uh, got to be interactive with the old live chat. Uh, where are we at here? Um, so we're recording this on Friday, July 26th. So or Wednesday, opening, July 26th. Uh, yeah, sorry, Wednesday, July 26th. So mm-hmm. opening this Friday, the 28th, is the new Charlize Theron movie, Atomic Blonde. Yes. Um, which the trailer was just, wow, just completely knocked my socks off. Uh, yeah. Ton, I mean, it looks like your action, typical, yeah, it looks typical action, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm not again it, but I just, it, the, I tell you, it takes a lot to get me fired up about just a straight up action uh, right. movie anymore these days because they all kind of seem to do the same thing. Well, here's what here's what's got me intrigued. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie's directed by a dude named David Leach. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he is the guy who's now directing Deadpool 2. Okay. This is his first credited uh, job as a director. He directed some parts of John Wick, and he's got his IMDb page. Is, he's got like over 80 credits as a stuntman or a stunt coordinator. He's got some acting credits, you know, you know, kind of like guy with one line in the background who like turns into like a fight scene sort right, of thing. Right. But I love this idea of this guy with a huge successful career as a stuntman and a stunt coordinator and a fight coordinator and stuff moving into directing and you know, doing a movie like Atomic Blonde and then following it up with a movie like Deadpool 2 where you know, especially coming off of John Wick, and I love the two John Wick movies. Um, you know, it definitely looks like he's using that that knowledge, that experience he has as in the stunt realm, like putting that into the movies. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, this is definitely a guy whose career I'm going to watch with great interest. Yeah, it also looks pretty stylized. Watching some of yeah. the uh, watching some of the trailers and stuff, it's got some lighting and some. And some stylistic choices that look pretty interesting. So, um, now reviews so far have been kind of, you know, some loved it, some were so so on yeah. it. Uh, you know, I've seen things where people said like a show like The Americans is better, um, but you know, I, I, still something that intrigues me. I may check this out in the next week or two. Sure, it's one. Of, a lot of times, action movies you're like, I'll wait and watch it at the house. So yeah. Um, but this is this looks like one that I want to see on a big screen. <laughs> like both John Wick movies, I missed on the big screen. I saw yeah. them at home, and yeah. I kind of, especially the first one, I wish I had seen on the big screen. Okay, I've not watched any of the John Wick movies. They're fun. I hear they're really good. I hear they're really they're good. Fun. They're actually looking to turn it into its own universe mm-hmm. now. There's um, there's talk of turning it into a TV show. Because basically, in the movies, you know, it's about it's about hitmen, um, and the hitmen. There's a hotel run by Ian McShane's character called the Continental, mm-hmm. where it's sort of it's sort of sanctuary. It's like the safe place. Like, you know, they're not allowed. No killing can be done there. You know, when you're there, like, you know. Everybody can sit in the same bar together and, you know, you don't have to worry about violence breaking out sort of thing. Um, So it's kind of this way station sort Mm -hmm. of, if you will. And they're talking about turning that into a TV series based on the hotels. Oh, wow. Um, So you could kind of come and go with different hitman characters and stuff, different nefarious kind of people or whatever coming in and out of the hotel. Um, I just saw that the studio purchased a new script and they bought the script because they believe that they can turn it into a story in the John Wick universe hmm. um, about a female character who becomes a hit person. Um, and so it looks like that there, there's definitely a third John Wick movie coming because the second one ends on like, you know, an, an Empire Strikes Back kind of cliffhanger. Oh. So you know that there's a third movie coming. Close the trilogy out. But it looks like they're trying to turn it into a bigger universe. And I actually think that there's enough world building that they put into this that it would support being a universe. Unlike some of these other properties where you just – they talk about it. It's like, really? How are you going to turn that into a universe? But So we could be getting a lot more John Wick kind of stuff. 
All right. Uh, before we get into August, I'm sorry, Teresa, I can't repeat what she said in the chat, but it trips me out. Um, it goes back. What did she say? I can't repeat it. It goes back to what we were talking about before we started recording. Mm. Um, uh, before we get into August, uh, 1996 sci-fi movie, Eris, do you want character, story, cast, or quote? 1996 sci-fi? Yeah. Give me cast. Jack Nicholson, Glenn Close. Wolf. Nope. Oh, wait. Jack Nicholson and Glenn Close. Sci-fi? Oh, uh, uh, the Tim Burton Mars movie. Yes, um, Mars Attacks. Invaders, Mars Attacks, yeah. yes. Ack, 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 ack. Actually, Jack Nicholson played two characters in that movie. Ack, ack. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. He played the president and someone else, didn't he? He played, he the, played that like billionaire guy yeah, in from Las Vegas. Vegas. He played the Donald Trump character and the president, which was scared. Yeah. This is past the popcorn, Shaz Bazaar. This is past the popcorn, he asked. Shaz Bazaar. Thanks to you. Shaz Bazaar. Thanks to you, Shaz. Let's, uh, let's give him a quick shout out here just for the heck of it. Yeah. Shaz Bazaar. Shaz Bazaar. Shaz Bazaar. All right, so August, we've got a few coming up here. Uh, Detroit looks really depressing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it doesn't look like it's going to be, uh, you know, that fun date night kind of movie. You're right. This, yeah, if you do, if you go take a date to this, you're Jerry Seinfeld in Schindler's List, is what you end up being. Because, yeah, this is not the feel good movie of the summer. I can tell you that right now. No, it's not, but this could be a movie that's talked about very much, and it could be a strong movie come the end of the year in awards season because the movie's directed by Catherine Bigelow, yep. who you know directed The Hurt Locker, yes. which won the Academy Award. Uh, she directed Zero Dark Thirty. So just her alone on this movie has made it an important movie. Yep. yep. Um, it's... Uh, you know, it tells a gripping story of one of the most terrifying moments during the civil unrest that rocked Detroit in the summer of 67. Um, they went through a lot of effort to get firsthand accounts of the story. So they tried to base the story as much on fact and true events as they could. Um, and then also just with what's happening in our country the last couple of years – you know, some of the unrest with uh, some communities and with police and stuff like that. It's just one of those hot button topic movies that, you know, I don't know that its box office is going to be tremendous, but I think that it's a movie that people are going to be talking about for a while. So August 4th seems kind of a weird time to put this out, though. It does. I mean, this honestly feels, does this not feel like Academy season stuff like later in the year? It does. Like it seems like something that should be coming out more like September thirtieth or early October. You know, generally like early August you get a picture like, you know, a Jason Bourne or something like that. You know, that you know, is still a, a tense thriller but doesn't have this this heaviness to it. Um but good young cast and uh John Boyega's in this. Potentially a big role for him. Yes, yes. So Bigger than Pacific Rim 2, you think? I think... <laughs> I think more important. Well, no, How about more important? Like box office, but like if he delivers in this, it takes him to another level. Because now he's not just the big sci-fi movie guy. Yes, right. 
I know. I was I was being facetious there. Yeah. I, this is definitely more important, I think, than yeah. And this than could even be Star Wars, the kind of thing that gets him award nominations Agreed. and yep. attention. So. And he is a fantastic actor. Is the Dark Tower? Is the Dark Tower coming out? Does the Dark Tower come out on uh, the fourth yeah, as well? I believe so. Yes. Okay. And I've heard this is going to be like a really short movie. I was surprised by that, considering it's based on a book series. Well, but wasn't the book? Uh, see, I haven't read any of the Dark Tower. Me neither. Books, but I don't believe that they were like you know the big, huge, epic Stephen King things. I think they were more like kind of novella length things right and from what i understand with this is that this first movie they're hoping is gonna launch like a whole program for this to tell this complete story and it's gonna you know it's gonna alternate back and forth potentially between movies and tv back to movie back to tv like they have kind of a grand plan for for potentially telling this complete story. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Having not read it, I know it's like one of those beloved things that's been in the works for ages, you know, making a Dark Tower movie. The trailer looks kind of cool. I'm, look, I'm a sucker for anybody that walks around with the six-shooter on their, on their hip. Uh, I just love that Western kind of thing. Um, I like me some Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. And he's the um, bad. And, and he is, is the man in black the bad like, guy. McConaughey is the bad guy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, no, no, we'll see. Speaking of the bad guy, did you ever watch Split? No, not oh, yet. Man. I I know you've told me I got to see it, and and I will because I, you know, I love that it's part of the, the un. Yeah. Wait, what's what's the name of the first movie? Well, I don't know. We, I, I feel I don't know if it's, if I should be all right saying okay, it out loud. I don't know. I don't know what the rules are on spoiling something like that because I don't know. it's so cool. I kind cool. of feel like it got everywhere, but look, we won't say it. Okay. So. All, right. all right. Two movies left in August, both which I'm crazy excited. Well, for. Logan Lucky, I'm amazingly excited for, sir. Yes. Yes. This this yes. movie just looks like so much fun. Right, I, this comes out August 18th. Yes. Uh, trying to reverse a family curse, brothers Jimmy, played by Channing Tatum, and Clyde Logan, played by Adam Driver, oh my gosh. set out to execute an elaborate robbery, robbery during the legendary Coca-Cola 600 race at Charlotte Motor Speedway. The movie also stars Daniel Craig, Hilary Swank, Seth MacFarlane, Sebastian Stan, many more, and it's directed by Steven Soderbergh. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like... A good old boy's Ocean's Thirteen. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It looks so good. Adam Driver is tripping me out in these trailers, man. Oh, it, Daniel Craig is the one who's tripping oh. me out. Completely like <laughs> yes. playing off type. And yes. As soon as he shows up in the trailer, I'm like, Oh my Lanta. Yes. You just yes. sold me right there. Take my money now. Oh, it looks so good. I'm I'm looking forward to this. I think it's going to be good, funny. I don't know that it's going to be good family funny, but it's going to be funny. No, no, I don't think so. so but uh, just the cast is fantastic. And it's look, Steven Soderbergh said he was going to retire years ago. So if he's directing a movie, it means it's something he's passionate about. You know, he's not just doing it for a paycheck. Right. So uh, I, I'm excited for it. Well, and I know you mentioned we might not want to. We, we 
talk about this, but I do want to see this, the Hitman's Bodyguard with uh, Ryan Reynolds and Sam Jackson. Okay, so we'll yeah. talk about it. Yeah, it's uh, Ryan Reynolds is a bodyguard who's protecting a hitman, of all people, who's supposed to testify against a dictator played by the great Gary, the aforementioned Gary Oldman. And, uh, dude, the, the trailer... Everyone! The trailer I've seen looks so much fun. Like, it just looks like classic Samuel L. Jackson fun. And, and throw Ryan Reynolds, that charming Joker, in there. I'm all over it. Definitely one I will check out at home. Yeah. Um, and then the last one for August that has me really, really excited now, I'm not is... seeing anything on the notes here about a last one in August. Yeah, because this one just oh, this hit my radar. Okay, this is one you're throwing in on me. It, I mean, it's been on my radar, but I didn't realize it was coming out in August. Um, it's a movie called Wind River. It stars Jeremy Renner and Wind Elizabeth Wind River! <laughs> uh... Elizabeth Olsen plays an FBI agent who has to team with Jeremy Renner, who is a local game tracker, to investigate a murder on the local Indian reservation. Um, the reason why I'm really excited about this movie is it's written and directed by a dude named Taylor Sheridan. He wrote Sicario and Hell or High Water. Mm. And Hell or High Water was one of my favorite movies last year. Okay. Absolutely brilliant movie. And I loved Sicario as well. So just off of the strength of those two movies alone, like I will go see anything this guy's involved in. Um and the trailer for this looks really good. It's like just it's a small little low budget movie that looks really tense. It's got a great cast. Graham Greene is in it. But it just it looks really interesting and, and like I said, Sicario and especially Hell or High Water was, if you haven't seen it, I cannot recommend that movie to you guys enough. It is fan-freaking-tastic. So, and uh, Wind River opens August 4th. Wind I River! Gonna, I think it's going to have a really limited opening, so... You know, check your theaters for it, and it might be something that hits like on demand by like early September. Hawkeye and the Scarlet Witch together. Again. Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch, yep. Together again. That's what I'm talking so, about. That um, takes us through <clears throat> August. Yeah. So, anniversary movies, dude. All right. It, it I, is it is embarrassment of riches with the anniversary movies. This it, we kind of need to. Take a big breath yes. before we get into this. Well, and while you take a big just breath, just for you folks out there, we're definitely testing Steve's DJ abilities with this list. Yeah, I'm getting my I'm getting my old fingers warmed up. While while you take a deep breath, I want to say, mention one more time: geekfuel.com/slash/geekoutloud. Fifty dollars, at least fifty dollars in the box. Uh, you get it for free if you order by July 31st. All you pay is shipping and handling. That's six dollars domestic. $12 international, geekfuel.com slash geekoutloud. Let them know that uh, the old Goliverse is worth promoting and advertising with by using that code, using that URL, getting over there, ordering your box, and uh, and let's make them lose some money this, this month because they're giving away so many boxes like this. That's crazy, but we appreciate Geek Fuel. What's in the box, Steve? Uh, I have no idea. It's a mystery. It's one of those What's mystery box? boxes. Well, they always have a wearable, like a T-shirt. They've had everything from uh, Firefly, Doctor Who, Star Wars, Star Trek, South Park, Harry Potter, uh, DC, Marvel, a full downloadable game, a Steam game. Every box has that. 
uh, as well as other curated uh, exclusive items. So they say, think Comic Con in a box, and uh, and and you'll and you'll be thinking down the right path. So um, th- let let me give you. There's some stuff that is uh, that are usable. There 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 are usable things around the house, not just a, a figure that'll sit on a desk and collect dust. You're talking a cutting board that's shaped like a, a Nintendo cartridge. Uh, the aforementioned, I talked about them earlier, the, Pac- the Pac-Man salt and pepper shakers. Um, a Game of Thrones dragon egg toothbrush holder. A Zelda Master Sword phone charger. All that kind of stuff. So uh, so check them out. Geekfuel.com slash geekoutloud. Eris, do you want character story cast or quote? 2003 comedy. Uh, cast. Steve Martin, Bonnie Hunt. Cheaper by the dozen. Oh my Lanta. You're amazing. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so alright, so in July this Come on, also uh uh Smallville's in that. Yes, sir, Tom Welling. You better believe it. That's the only reason I watched that movie. Uh, alright, so you're getting a double shot. We're doing July, July and, August and August anniversary yeah. movies. So Orca, one of the greatest movies of all time, was released in July of bad movies 1977. Of all time. Yes, yeah. I've you know I've never watched it, but I do know what it's about. It, it's basically the Orca is seeking revenge, right? Yes, because Richard Harris kills Orca's wife and unborn child. Oh wow! Like he pulls the he harpoons the wife and pulls it up. the The wife then like. Like this is how the movie starts. The, the the female orca then like breaches and like lands on his boat or something, and like the the fetus like comes out onto the deck. Mm. And the whole time the male orca is like just in the water, like watching and screaming, like ah! Oh. Uh, and so then the male orca just proceeds to hunt him. <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous it's, it was clearly made on the heels of the success of jaws oh sure sure um, i have old Richard comic Harris books and Derek. Um, it's just this ridiculous story of you know this mad fisherman like being hunted by this this orca i have old comic books that are um that that are from that that have a uh, an advertisement for this on the back uh, yeah. Orca, yeah, yep. And then, uh, oh, I, how about I didn't realize that, uh, that this song? I thought this song was used in in Rocky Three, but apparently it was used in the Sinbad movie, The Eye of the Tiger. Oh, Sinbad and Eye of the Tiger. I, what is that? Now, see, I didn't necessarily put this down particularly because of this movie, mm-hmm. but. As a kid, my Saturday mornings were spent watching like Super Friends and like all the Saturday morning cartoons. Oh yeah. And then around eleven o'clock, when the cartoons would end, you would get like the movie of the week, and it would be a Godzilla movie, mm-hmm. or it would be like one of these Ray Harryhausen produced Sinbad movies. And I loved these Sinbad movies because it's him like just you know on a ship like voyaging around, and he's like fighting Cyclopses and skeletons and all kinds of crazy mythological beasts and stuff and it's all done with Ray Harryhausen stop motion magic and so you know this was just you know this was just part of my childhood watching these 
and there's I don't know how many Sinbad movies there were, but there is a bunch of them. So do you and remember it was just this part one? Of my Saturday mornings growing up. Do you remember this one in particular? I watched the trailer for this one, and I definitely recognize scenes from it. Yeah, I don't remember the movie as a whole because you know they're kind of like the Bond movies; they just all blend together for sure. me. Um, but definitely scenes in it and some of the characters in it and stuff I recognize. And also, it's been decades since I've seen any of these. Mm-hmm. Well, that so so I the Tiger, not by Survivor. No, in this no. movie. All right, so I, I jumped the gun on that then. You did, but I, I will never con- complain about airing a little Survivor. That's what I'm talking about, Aaron. Face to face, out in the heat. Okay. Staying tough, staying hungry. What else? Okay, so that's the 77, 40 years. That was 40 years ago. 35 years ago in July, uh, Don Bluth films The Secret of Nim. This was a weird movie. I say weird. It always made me feel like it was scary and stuff. I don't know. Like, it is a, it's kind of. Because it had a little, I mean, you had the Disney movies, which were the fun, wholesome stuff, and then Don Bluth gave you, like, the darker side. Yes. It was like, if Disney went dark. There's Don Bluth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and this was like this fantasy sorcery movie with like rats and owls and crows and cats and bunnies and stuff like that on this like adventure. And they had weird, some of them had weird eyes. Like they'd get these weird dark eye thing going on. Yeah. Uh, isn't there a place like where the rabbits look rabid almost? I think so. Yeah. Am I remembering? Is that the one I'm thinking of? Good night. Might it was be. so. Uh yeah, so that was that was Don Bluth at his at his darkest and scariest. Um, I'm I'm jumping back and forth between things to try to get set up. Oh my, and the, se- and the second Don Bluth mentioned because uh you know he's responsible for Dragon's Lair. You darn Skippy, you darn Skippy, and they're bringing that back, man. There's there's been a crowdsourcing thing. We actually have a listener, um, who he's not in the chat right now, but we found him at Disney Vault Talk that he um he. He used to work with Don Bluth Films. He worked on Anastasia and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So I can't think of his name right off the top of my head, and so I'm sorry. I think it's Scott, right? Sheena, uh, Teresa's in the chats. Yeah, Scott is his name. So um, so big shout-out to Scott. So uh, Tron! 35 years ago in July, Tron. Now, Irish, I feel like a lot of people thought they liked Tron that only remembered liking how cool it looked and don't really realize they didn't like the movie. I'm I'm one of those strange people that love that movie. I'm one of the people that did not like the movie. Yeah. I thought, uh, before, I thought that might be the case. Before Tron 2 came out a couple of years ago, I tried re-watching Tron. I kept falling asleep during it. It took me like five attempts to make it through the whole movie. Because mm-hmm. I just kept falling asleep during it. I was so bored by it. Wow. Wow, that makes me so sad. I just, and honestly, the second movie didn't work for me either. I'm just, Tron is like my, you know, it's in that same boat as Doctor Who. I know that there's a ton of people that love it. I know it's got a big place in the geek pop culture pantheon, but for whatever reason, it just does not work for me. Huh. Well, you know, the the original, I I guess I can see that. I know that it it, kind of moves... Yeah, you know, it moves a little slow, um, but I, I just, I really do, um, do love it. And you know, you get into the whole. You talk about '80s culture. I mean, 
it's centered initially around the arcade, you know, with Flynn's arcade and everything. They're playing right. some Journey up in that mess, and then uh, it just became this uh, this iconic situation, you know, with the video with the actual Tron video game and that sort of stuff. Um, oh, and the effects in the movie were groundbreaking at the time too. Mm-hmm. Here you go. <laughs> You're putting me to sleep, Steve. <laughs> oh, come on, man. That's the old Tron Scherzo. The, uh, let me see if I can get to the good. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, this is the good part? No, I'm sorry. Let me get to the anthem. Let's see if it can... Like, all this electronic music, dude, just really worked. Here we go. I just had to get to the da, 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 da. now. Listen, that original soundtrack is no Daft Punk. I'll give you that, but <laughs> but it. Uh, but I'm telling you, I I love Tron. I had like the read along storybook and everything, and um, I, it is a groundbreaking film, and I I can still watch it. So it does move slow. I'm not gonna. I don't I don't fault anyone who can't get into it. You know that, that's that that's my thing with that. It's like I told I see it. I get it. And I don't fault those who did get into it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, it just, my own personal thing, it just didn't work for me. Yep. Yeah. I know that, it, I know there's a lot of people out there that like love it. So, yep. That's why it's on the list. Indeed. Uh, I don't know what six pack is, Erish. All right. I, I, we're going to cover six pack and the pirate movie together. Uh, six pack came out in July, pirate movie in August. And, these aren't necessarily great movies. Sure. This is like a sentimental thing. Sure. that's Well, that's what it's um, all about. The summer of 1983, uh, basically after the school year ended, my family moved from Long Island, New York, down to Miami, Florida. Uh, the house we moved into in Miami was a house in a brand new uh, development, and we were the first house. We were the first family to move in. So we basically gone from leaving all of our friends behind, my sister, brother, and me, leaving all of our friends behind in New York to moving down to Miami and moving into an area that nobody else lives in. So it's just the three of us. Our summer was spent playing in the pool in the backyard and then watching HBO. And this was the first time we had cable television. Um, so HBO was a huge thing for us. And we spent the summer watching Fraggle Rock, Grease 2, which is horrible, <laughs> the pirate movie with Christy McNichol, and nice. uh, who's the dude from um, the Blue Lagoon? I want to say Atkins. can't oh, remember his name. Pirate movie was this bad pirate musical. Nice. And then Six Pack, starring Kenny Rogers. And we wow. watched those we watched those movies over and over and over and over again throughout that summer. Yeah. Six pack. I love, uh, Kenny Rogers. It was his first big movie before, plays, wait, before uh, the gambler. Plays, yeah. Really? Plays, this, that was before the gambler. Plays, yeah. Cause the gambler was a made for TV movie. This oh, was okay. a theatrical. Release. All right. I thought, I thought the original gambler was actually, in, in the Maybe theaters. it was. I thought The Gambler was a TV movie. Yeah, you, you anyway. I'm going to trust your, your call on that. All right. So 
six pack kenny rogers plays a race car driver a nascar driver named brewster baker ricky bobby and he is like you know down on his luck he's driving the dirt tracks because he can't make it to the main circuit and he comes across this pack of kids who are orphans uh, the oldest kid is played by Diane Lane, who was like a teenager at the time. Mm-hmm. Anthony Michael Hall is another one of the kids. They basically become his pit crew. Um, <laughs> like he can't get what? rid of them. They just keep showing what? up, and they're brilliant. They're brilliant <laughs> mechanics. They turn him around. They turn him into a winner. So this is um, so basically, then, it's a live action version of Cars with people. Kind of, and Aaron Gray. Oh, I love me some Aaron Gray. Oh, Aaron yes, Gray plays yes. his kind of on again, off again girlfriend. Oh, bless her heart. Um, but here's where we're going to test your DJ abilities. The big song, because it's a Kenny Rogers movie, so it's going to have a Kenny Rogers song. Sure. The big song in the movie, and they play it throughout the movie, is Love Will Turn You Around, Turn You Around. I don't know that song. I wonder if I have it. I will listen. I'm gonna. We'll see. Um, we'll see what I can do here. Um. So so live action cars with a Kenny Rogers song, basically. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Kenny Rogers, love will turn you around right here on Geek Out Loud. Pass the cord. <laughs> so this is just like an ultimate sentimental favorite movie okay, for me and my great. sister and my brother. Like we just mentioned Six Pack and like all of us just start cracking up. That's awesome. It's actually a pretty decent movie. Well, listen, I let me tell you what I love. I love that you just went off for about three or four minutes on Six Pack and the Pirate Movie. <laughs> This is a good little song, by the way. Right when a man's doing all that he planned And he thinks he's got just what he needs Rogers right can't sell chicken here! I love Kenny Rogers. Knees, make him start living, living, living again. That's good stuff. Oh, Kenny Rogers, ladies and gentlemen. It's all mine. Jerry Rogers can't sell chicken on this corner. Who does he think he is? Every time. Bad chicken. That, <laughs> it's burning my brain. All um, right. <laughs> Next movie, July 1982, 35 years ago. Well, I'm wrong. Sorry. Pulled up the wrong Louis song. Louis Gossett Jr. won Best Supporting Actor for this one. Yep. Will lift us <laughs> up where we belong. An officer and a gentleman. That's right. In a world few hearts survive. And maybe one of the most famous last scenes of a movie ever. You know, where he comes in in his full navy whites, mm-hmm. Richard Gere. Yep. Picks up Deborah Winger and carries her out. Is alone. There are mountains in our way. How about I've never seen the movie? I've never seen Officer and a Gentleman. I've seen it once or twice. I mean, I've seen the last scene a bunch of times because, like, you know, if I'm flipping channels and it shows up, I'll watch that scene because it's just so good. 
Up where the eagles fly On a mountain high Of course, this song was a massive, massive Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. This, listen, I don't know. Man, that is a terrible song. What? Wait a minute. No, it's not. Love Lift Us Up. Oh, come on. It's a great song. Carissa, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> you're going down a road I can't follow you. I, that's a great song. The Simpsons parodied that last scene really well in an episode where, like, Homer grabs Marge. He's like, I'm taking my wife out to the backseat of my car, and I won't be back for five minutes. <laughs> Love lift us up where we belong. <laughs> oh, man. Um, we, we've, we've talked a little bit about old... Uh, Michael Keaton. Wasn't he in Night Shift? Am I wrong? Yes, he was. All right. See there? I know yes, myself. Another movie I've not seen, to be honest with you. but I... Night Shift was was Ron Howard's second movie as a director. It was his first big studio movie. His first movie was a Roger Corman picture. Um, and Night Shift starred Henry Winkler and Michael Keaton. Not Henry Winkler. Um, yeah, Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler played... Uh, you know, the guy who ran the city morgue and uh, Michael Keaton was a sort of like kind of a, I think he was actually a pimp in the movie. It's been ages since mm-hmm. I've seen it, but they basically turned the morgue into a brothel. Yeah. Love brokers. Um, but this was a huge hit. Put all those guys on the map. I mean, this movie led them to uh, Ron Howard getting to make splash. Oh really? I didn't realize that. Yeah. Huh. Well, I've again one I've never seen uh, is, is this one. So, but I do. But again, I, I know it enough to know that um, that uh, Michael Keaton was in it. So we've talked about the pirate movie in August. Also in August, uh, back in old nineteen eighty two. It's amazing. Thirty five years old. This movie still plays so well today yes sir uh fast times at ridgemont high one of the most apparently back in the days of rewinding videos people would leave it on one particular scene oh the phoebe kate yep. scene still one of the most famous scenes yes but i mean fantastic cast Forrest whitaker uh sean penn Oh, uh, my favorite Martian is in this movie. Come on. Yes, as Mr. Hand. <laughs> That's right. I mean, it's classic. This is classic. This All is the Mr. 80s. Hand and Spicoli scenes are classic. You know, even though it's 1982, I, I think there's a case to be made that Fast Times at Ridgemont High may be the most 80s movie ever. Like, it, it may be the movie that sums up the culture and, and the time of the 80s. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think the case could be made. I'm not making that case, but I, I I think the case could be made. I think it's definitely one of the best high school movie ever. Yes, yes, ever too, because they don't dumb down the high school experience. Right. Well, it's it's very John Hughes in that way, isn't it? Like you know mm-hmm. the way he did with the Breakfast Club and stuff. You know, you don't. It, it, it's there are definitely teenage problems and stuff, but you don't dumb it down. Yep. Yeah. And Judge Reinhold's in it. Yes. I gotta tell you, I'm not a I'm not a Sammy Hagar hater. I'm not a Sammy Hatar. I, I no. do I'm okay with Sammy Hagar. I like his tequila. 
Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. I just know that. Cabo Wabo? I know that I actually sometimes prefer. There's some Van Hagar I really enjoy and probably prefer oh, over the original oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> uh, where else? Where are, we, where are we at now? Oh, Beastmaster. Come on Beastmaster. with the Beastmaster. Oh, now wait. Is it Beastmaster or Dragon Slayer that opens up with like some monologue that sounds like it's uh, that Mickey from Rock? I can't think of Burgess Meredith is reading it. I know Burgess Meredith is actually in Clash of the Titans, but I feel like either Dragon Slayer or Beastmaster. I get those two confused sometimes. It could be both of them. Yeah. (laughs) I I watched the trail. Look, I've seen Beastmaster a gajillion times, but it's been ages. I've not seen Beastmaster. Probably at least 10, 15 years since I've seen it. I don't think I've seen Beastmaster since I was a kid. Yeah, this was another one that, like in those HBO days, like it was making the rotation on HBO a lot. But I watched the trailer for it again tonight. This movie had some really weird sitcom in it. I mean, it was th- those like weird kind of bat creatures that would wrap their wings around you and like suck all the juices out of you. Oh, I'm sorry. Those are real, Eric. I don't know if you know that. Or not. <laughs> you guys have them down there they're, in Rome? Well, they're just called bats. <laughs> uh, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I say, I don't. I haven't seen this movie since I was a child. I, I really feel like I'm. I'm just being a bad, past the corn host tonight because I'm, like, there's so many of these I've never seen. I, I'm familiar with them or haven't seen in so long. So, and Beastmaster and Dragon Slayer both are ones I've not seen in ages. Mark Singer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. This oh my God. Mark Singer. John Amos, uh, Tanya, Tanya Roberts, uh-huh. and Rip Torn. Rip Torn. <laughs> wow. Rip Torn was like the bad wizard dude. Wow. What is there Mark Singer just, doing in this so thing? much weird stuff in this movie, but it was just, oh, I just watched this thing over and over and over again. That is fantastic. Oh, man. I'm just looking through some other stuff that Mark Singer has done. He ended up doing the TV series in the early 2000s. That's fun. Well, he was in V, wasn't he? Yes, yes. That's yes. Yes, he was. Yes, he was, Erish. He was in V. <laughs> Come on. The original V was like huge. Hey, that, yes, it was. And scared. That freaking alien baby. Scared this little. Like, gave me nightmares for like a month. Scared this little six year old to death, sir. That stupid little alien baby. Yeah, the all all of it, all of it. I was not a fan. I just was like, oh, this is too scary for me. So as a six year old kid. So um, yes, but yes, he was. I've gone back and uh, I've gone back and and watched it since. And I, I'm not going to say V doesn't hold up, but it is fun to watch. Um, in 19- all right, let's get to 1987, oh. 30 years, because we're not even halfway through this anniversary. How list. fun is this list right here? 1987. <laughs> In July, Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise. Cue up 38 special, baby. <laughs> Take me oh. back to paradise. Oh, my gosh. I'm just like, oh, Lord. I, I, I looked through this list the other day, and I forgot that this was even on this list. This is the sequel that did not need to be made. Well, they made like... 
two or three more nerds movies, but this one, the thing I love about this one is that there's two West Wingers in this movie. You got Bradley Whitford, who played the bad guy and went on to play in uh, Josh Lemon Lyman in the West Wing, and Timothy Busfield was also in the West Wing. Oh, wow. Well, and this is the movie where Ogre becomes a nerd. Yes. Um, oh, this... Listen, the Revenge of the Nerds, the first one, is very iconic. I saw it on TV for the first time as a child, so I didn't realize just how much was in there, how much skin was in that movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so when Revenge of the Nerds 2 came out, I was like, yes, there's a new Revenge of the Nerds. Like, I remember thinking this was a good idea. But, if but you- the thing was, like, Revenge of the Nerds 1 was R. Yes. But Revenge of the Nerds 2, I think, was PG. Right. So, like, all the skin was taken out of Exactly. It. Exactly. But it, and, uh, and, and what's-his-face wasn't in it either. The ER, the guy who would go on to be an ER. What was his name? Anthony Ant- Edwards. Yes, he wasn't he, in it. He was in it. He, had, he was in it in the beginning. The right. reason he didn't go on the trip with them was he had a broken leg. Right. So he's in the opening scene, and then he shows up in like a kind of Obi Wan ghost like stone dream sequence. Yes, that's when right. When they're stuck on the island. That's right. So he was in it, but like just like an extended cameo. Look at you remembering Revenge of the Nerds too. I've seen Revenge of the Nerds too like seventy five times. Eric, here's a fun question from the chat. Who was your first celebrity crush? Uh, first celebrity crush? Yes. You know, I don't know. I like. I think definitely Erin Gray was up there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because she was on Buck Rogers. Worthy. She was on Silver, Silver Spoons. Yes. You know, that was all stuff that I was watching as a kid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then, like I said, six pack. Like I, wa- I spent a whole summer watching her hang out with Kenny Rogers. She is a beautiful lady. Um, d- d- uh, punky- I saw her a couple of years ago at San Diego Comic Con, and she's still gorgeous today. And I was just like, my heart stopped for a moment. Yeah, Punky Brewster. That was your first celebrity crush, yes. Punky Brewster. Man, as a little boy, I was like, she is the best. <laughs> I was all about some Punky Brewster. <laughs> And Soleil Moon Fries growing up to be quite the cute lady. So, real spunky. Just as spunky as she always was. Um, so, that was Revenge of the Nerds 2. Uh, Jaws for the Revenge. Look, this movie is garbage. No, it's not. But no, it's not. It's glorious. It's garbage. It is it glorious. It's horrible. It's wonderful. It is absolutely horrible. But I put it on here because I put Orca on here, and they're kind of the same thing. I want to tell you something. Jaws for the Revenge greater than Jaws 3D. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I think so. I mean, they're 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 pre- they're both they're pretty both bad. bad. But listen, Jaws 4, ugh. I mean, they kill him with the boat for crying out loud. My favorite bit about Jaws 4 was that Michael Caine couldn't pick up his Oscar for, I think, Hannah and her sisters because he was filming Jaws 4. I'm sorry, I've got to be at Jaws <laughs> the size of a tangerine. I have to be at Jaws, I have to be in the Caribbean. I'm filming Jaws 4. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Wayne. Uh, Mr. Wayne, I'm down in the Caribbean filming Jaws 4. 
Oh. All right. This uh, next one. Yes. Huge, huge movie. Yes, sir. Life. Yes, sir. Uh, we're talking about uh, uh, summer school. Is that where? We're, no, RoboCop. RoboCop. I think RoboCop's a huge. We, you know what? We actually talk a little bit about RoboCop on the latest episode of Mark Out Loud, because he showed up in an event called Capital Combat in 1990. Three RoboCop later. did. Yes, he he helped out Sting. Now was it Peter Weller as RoboCop? That's or what was we were talking. A dude in a RoboCop costume. You know what? I don't know, but there were some people who were saying it was indeed P- Peter Weller. Interesting. And so I don't know, but RoboCop, dude, this is <sighs> this movie. Like I watched this, uh, I guess the last time I watched about a year and a half ago, and I was and I didn't realize just how cheesy it is. Um, it's very violent, very violent and gory. Yes. But it's also kind of cheesy as far as like, I mean, it's definitely 1987. It's definitely a 1987 movie. Yeah, there's stuff that doesn't hold up today. I mean, the Lee Iacocca references and things like that, they they don't play today. But like to me, it was it was Rick Baker's stop motion that I love. The Ed 209 is one of my favorite robot war machine creations of all time. Mm -hmm. Um I love uh, Clarence Boddicker. Tigers are playing tonight. Never miss a game. <laughs> um, the freaking Emil turning into the, the the toxic waste mutant zombie guy and then getting run over by the car is awesome. It's just so much, oh, it's so much stuff that like as you know a 17 18 year old at the time i was just going nuts over yeah well the end fight scene um or not the fight but him having to overcome his programming and everything come on yeah come on it's good stuff um nice shooting son what's your name murphy (laughs) 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 ronnie cox with the longest arms ever you know the scene where he, he after he shoots him and he falls out the window. Yes, like his his arms are like a mile. Yes, long. yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they were trying to film it in three D. Um, Does it hurt? Listen, RoboCop is one of those weird phenomena that it was a rated R film, very violent, but like a toy line got spun out of it. There was cartoon. There was a, a cartoon that got spun out like. He became this pop culture icon. You know, he's one of Actually, the... Actually... Sorry, go ahead. Well, it just seems like that from the 80s, that, that you know, being in 1987, this is one of the last 80s pop culture icons to come about, was, was did RoboCop. Did you ever read the RoboCop Terminator comic? I never did. That Simonson did? I bet it was amazing. It was unbelievable. It was so good. It was a four-issue miniseries. Yep. It was one of my favorite kind because of, you know at the time they're throwing every aliens and predator mm-hmm, and all that mm-hmm. stuff, and it was just fantastic. The story was great. The art was incredible. The covers were gorgeous. Good stuff. Well, now, but yeah, you're well, right. I mean, there was RoboCop stuff. RoboCop stuff. All and the thing was, the second movie was just as gory. Mm-hmm. The third third movie was gory the third movie had like a 10 year old as the villain 
Oh, really? I've never gotten to the third movie, by the way. No, the third movie is absolute garbage. The, no, Here, the, here's how bad the third movie is. They give him a jetpack, and he's flying through a scene, and you can see the wires holding him up. Oh, wow. Then we definitely need to watch that one night on goal. <laughs> it was that just needs to, bad. Coming soon to pass the corn, Stephen Arish watched RoboCop 3. Um, <laughs> and Frank Miller directed the second one. Yes, I did. Okay, I knew there was some kind of connection there. With comics and RoboCop beyond, was it Dark Horse that did the Terminator RoboCop thing? Were they around by the time yeah, they did that? Yeah, yeah, it was Dark Horse doing it. Okay. Um. So summer school is that is that that's the Rodney Dangerfield one, right? No, no, no. Uh, that's back to school. Summer, summer school's school is the one with summer school is the Mark Harmon one. Mark Harmon, yes, yes, and he doesn't want to be there teaching. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's yeah. got to do it to get his tenure. And uh, it's got, like, the two kids who are, like, you know, fans of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And mm-hmm. they do that that amazing scene where the substitute teacher comes into the classroom and all the kids are, like, mutilated. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, and, again, um, this is one I've not visited in a long time. Because if you want to talk about a summer movie, I'm going to go one crazy summer over summer school. Okay. Which is the, uh, which is the John... Cusack Bobcat Goldway vehicle. Well, and this one too had uh, the, the the girl from Revenge of the Nerds too was in summer school also. <laughs> oh wow! So she just had a big year. That was a big July for yeah, her. Yeah, she had a big summer. Yep. Bless her heart. Um, yeah, she was from Melrose Place. I can't remember her name. I don't know who would that be. <laughs> well, cue up the song for the next movie. Well, let's uh, let the song introduce it. It's a bit of a rattlesnake. Arriba, arriba. Oh, La Bamba. Courtney never... Thorne Smith. Okay, yeah. And Christy Alley was in this also. Not La Bamba, but. No, no, no. We're summer back to summer school. school. Kirstie Alley, La Bamba, the Richie Valens story. I never watched this, but I did love the song. Really? Yeah, I did love the song. It's good. Though. Is it? Yeah. I good. love biopics or biopics, however you want to say it. It's fine with me. You should definitely check this one out. I think you'd dig the music in it, too. Of course I would. Um, it, it's got a little Jackie Wilson, a uh, bunch of other stuff in it. I dug this one. I like this. Yeah. I don't yep. look. I, I, it was a big deal. I remember it being a big deal, and I was just like, I mean, I'm ten years old, so I didn't have you know free reign to just run about and do my thing uh, back then. But I also, uh, when it would come time to be able to rent it, I was like, well, I can rent this or I can rent Transformers the movie. Um, I can rent this. Yeah, I, can, I know which one you chose. Yeah, or I can rent Gremlins too. You know, so. But if you can find it streaming on something or whatever, I definitely check, check it, out. it out. It's a good movie. Okay, Sounds It's got a great. good cast. Joe Pantoliano's in it. Uh, I think... Um, oh, why can't I think of his... John... Uh, sorry, I can't think of his name right now. It's got a good cast. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was... Uh, it was a uh, Like I say, I remember it being a big deal back in the day. And, um, and it, I mean, it really revived the song. Of course, I was already kind of listening to oldies music a lot at that point as a child so it didn't really revolve it revive that song for me but i know that no song, but it, the song like rose to the top of the yeah charts, it hit yeah. the uh, it hit the old charts again so 
Um, it wasn't Richie's cover of it, though. It was, I think, Los Lonely Boys or somebody like that did the song for the movie. Oh, okay. And that's what went back up the charts again. Oh, Lou Diamond Phillips playing Richie Valens. Yep. It was, I think, his first movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I'm not going to challenge you on that. I'm going to move to this next film. From this next movie is on here for one reason and one reason only, and that's you, my brother. Well, let me tell you, I will defend this movie with my very life. I love <laughs> Superman. As I said, it's on here for you. <laughs> Superman for the Quest for Peace is not a good movie. No. But. I'm glad you admit that. But there, like, if, oh, there are moments that are really good. <laughs> It has some good moments, but it's not a good movie. I love that. This is a movie I'll sit and watch on a Sunday afternoon. Um, <laughs> I just I don't know why. I love this. I do. It is sentimental. I did go see this as a ten year old boy with my dad, and even as a ten year old, I'm sitting there thinking, "Wow, they really don't do the effects real well on this." But um, it, this was a project that started out real close to Christopher Reeve's heart. You know, he was he wanted to do something big with Superman. It was supposed to be the revival, and Canon Globus Films thought, oh, this will really put the money in our pockets, but they end up shortchanging whatever funding they had to try to pour into some other stupid film they were doing, and and just a lot suffered because of it. But it is, dude, the moment on the Kent farm at the beginning, the, the, the conversation he has with Lois when he's he's sick and dying, um, and uh, there's just there's some good moments, and then there's just some moments where you're like, what am I watching right now? But uh, it's good stuff. <sighs> well, Erish, the final movie of July 1987. I didn't realize this movie was 30 years old this month, by the way. And this is a great film. People are strange oh, well, when you're a stranger. That's what you're going to? Strangers look ugly when you're alone. Because this what did what you I, have in mind for well, it? Well, this is what I had in mind for it. It takes a minute to get there, so I'll just go ahead and tell you it's the Lost Boys. I didn't invite you in this time, Max. Oh, that's the problem with Santa Clara. All the vampires. Can't stomach all the vampires. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, Kiefer is in this movie. Oh, yeah, I know the song now. This was the song from the movie, man. But the Doors song became big again, too, because of the movie. Yeah, People that's are true. strange. Yeah, yeah. But that was a cover that was played on that. This this was literally like, I think this song, when they weren't playing other music, this song was the soundtrack. Yeah. Cry, little sister. Oh man, and um, and of course, I mean you, the cast is like not is bonkers on this. Oh, you got the Corys, you've got this. Wasn't this the first Cory joint too? Uh, I think it may it, be the, as far it, as them being together. Yeah, I think it's this might have been the first one that they did together. It may be. It may very well be. So the Corys, you got Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland, Sutherland. as the. The vampire, mm-hmm, Diane mm-hmm. Weist, Jason Patrick as the oldest brother. You got old uh, Gertz. You, you got old Ed Herman. Yep. As Max, come on. 
That's some good stuff. Yeah, this was a... I really... This is a classic, and this is one I should own, and I don't know why I own it. Uh, why I don't own this movie, but um, this is this it's is a classic. It's good stuff. Yeah. I, I was watching the trailer for it against it. Oh, and it... And being a Joel Schumacher film, there's got to be some cheese in it. So there's like the greased up shirtless saxophone player on the pier. Oh, you talking about when he's playing this song? Now, Eric, I'm going to tell you something. This song was covered by a singer this is not on this on the album it's Tim Capello on the soundtrack to the Lost Boys but the song was covered and it takes forever to get to the there it is there he is there's that sax (laughs) this song was covered by a Christian artist named Russ Taff and turned into a contemporary Christian song in the 90s Really? Yeah, yeah. And then, and what's so bad about it is, is like I can't get old leather type leather pants boy, muscled up guy playing the guitar on the beach out of my head when I listen to it. (laughs) Uh, Lost Boys is great. It's great. It is fantastic. Still, I mean, it's still. I think it still holds up. I do too. I absolutely agree. One hundred percent agree. Um, In August, Canon Films also released another just masterpiece. Uh, in in the Masters of the Universe. <laughs> good journey. This is the first movie. In Eternia, we don't say goodbye. We say good That's journey. That's right. Did you know this? I still use that line to this day. Well, of course. If, like a friend is going away on a vacation or something like that. I give them the, the Masters of the Universe yes. goodbye. What about, I mean, and what about the, uh, the, the, um, Frank Langella plays Skeletor. Skeletor. And what about the principal from Back to the Future plays like the sheriff or the the police officer? I don't remember um, that. Yeah, the 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 big police the cop guy is is the police officer in this thing. Um Billy Barty is Gwildor, Courtney Cox is in this movie. Yep. It is so good. I, it it's so it's it is so bad it's good. It really is. Um I'm trying Detective Lubick uh, or Lubbock. That's the, he. It, he's played by the principal from Back to the Future, and I mean he plays the same guy that he always played back then. You know, just kind of the yeah. hard nosed fella. Talk about typecasting. Yeah, yeah. So um, I absolutely, I I still. And this movie is also the first movie I remember having a scene after the credits. Did you know that? Did it? Yeah. No, what was the scene? Uh, the it, the credits go dark, and it comes up on just some water, and Skeletor pops his head out and says, I'll be back. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then, of course, that was a lie. Uh-huh. It sure what? Well, I mean, look, it flopped. Uh, also in August, Can't Buy Me Love. Came Can't out. Buy Me Love. I guess I should have had that queued up, huh? Yes, you should. Oh, I failed. I failed. I got so I got so excited talking about Lost Boys. Listen, I just want to tell you how happy I've been in the last five minutes. We talked about Superman Four, Lost Boys, and Masters of the Universe right in a row. And, uh, <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that, dude. Like, oh, it just, will with the next one. Just too. in the show. Just in uh, the show. <laughs> So you Can't Buy Me Love is the uh, the Patrick Dempsey winner where the kid, uh, you know, he, he pays the popular girl at school $1,000 to pretend. 
pretend to date him so he could be popular. And this movie is really trying to uh, cash in on the popularity of like the John Hughes type films as well. I mean, yeah. it really is. Yeah, but this had a charm of it. Sure, own. sure. I've never um, seen it. And sentimentally for me, mm-hmm. the scene where they go to the airplane graveyard, that is in Arizona. And I used to go there as a kid with my father. My father used to have a pilot's license. And we would fly in his friend's plane with his friend. We would fly there. It was like a day trip. Mm-hmm. And oh, I so you were day were, were you day tripping? Yeah, that's the, a Beatles actually, reference. It's the same graveyard that they're in in uh, Transformers Three, I think. <gasps> you know what? You know which one I'm talking about. You know, after they meet the uh, yes, the, um, when Optimus goes to talk to Spike or Sam, yes, yeah, um, and he's like, "This is you know," he's like, "This isn't my battle, Optimus. I can't fight this battle." But as like like a twelve year old kid, mm-hmm. like running around in that place was amazing because it's just all the old like Vietnam era fighter jets yeah. and big cargo planes and stuff. Oh, you're talking about like you're talking about the, you're talking about the plane graveyard. Yeah, that's yeah, a, no, that's Transformers. Run around and like climb around. In yeah, these that's Transformers. And sit in the cockpits and stuff. Yeah, that's Transformers Two. Two. Mm-hmm. Is that the one with uh, Leonard Nimoy? No, that's three. Yeah, isn't that the scene where they meet Leonard Nimoy and they like leave the Smithsonian and the, all of a sudden they're out in the middle? No, of the no, no. Field that Leonard Nimoy. No, you're thinking that was Jetfire, but he was not voiced by Leonard Nimoy. Leonard, Leonard Nimoy voiced um, uh, one of the he, what was his prime name in in the yeah, third he one. was like the old guy. No, right, this is a diff- getting you're getting but. two you're getting two old guys put together. You're talking about Jetfire in the in in the second one, and then in the third one, Leonard Nimoy was actually on the moon when they brought him back from the moon. All right. His character, yeah. All right. Well, we'll get to Transformers in a few minutes. And also, by the way, uh, now I'm we, even more happy because we've talked Transformers. That's why I love Can't sure. Buy Me Love because there's a big scene in that airplane graveyard. Gotcha. gotcha. Okay. That, that just reminds me of like time spent with mm-hmm. my dad when I was a kid. I'm with you. Um, the Monster Squad. Wolfman has Nards? Wolfman has Nards. <laughs> the name is Horus. <laughs> You know, again, this is another one that I watched the trailer for this this evening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mentioned this earlier in the show where they don't really make movies like this for kids anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, we had the Goosebumps movie last year, and every once in a while you get something around that. But, you know, when we were kids, especially in the summer, mm-hmm. there was like a regular offering of like pg movies that were geared towards us mm-hmm. goonies uh ghostbusters well ghostbusters had a little bit older audience too but goonies monster squad things like that were movies that like, Ernest goes mom, to camp <laughs> your mom could drop you off at the theater with your friends and pick you up in like two hours right. and she didn't have to worry about what you were seeing superman for the quest for peace <laughs> yeah Um, for sure but, yeah. no, but you and, know what and, there's well, also these days and I, I mean I don't go too far down this, this, this thing but 
There's also these days the the lack of anything because of the way things are marketed and everything comes and goes so quickly. It's hard for kids to really grasp onto anything and kind of hang on and enjoy it for a while. Yeah, basically know. they get a Marvel movie or they get a Pixar movie. Yeah, or Minions. And, 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 or Minions, and that's basically your your offering for mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, that's... um. That's unfortunate. I mean, I'm not trying to be the you know the old fuddy duddy in the room. Uh, no, neither am I. But you know, that's just something that came to mind while I was watching the trailer for this one. Yeah. Well, and I so. don't I don't disagree with you there. You know, it is one of those things that you'd kind of wish. Like I say, I, I do. I would be perfectly fine with um, with 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 Hollywood kind of and Marvel kind of toning down some of the language and stuff in some of these movies. To make them much more kid friendly than they are, um, so that they can, you know, so that they can totally get into superheroes the way I did. Yeah. And I'm not complaining about the, you know, the stuff. I'm just, it's just, it but is. But look, let's be honest. Even Star Wars has gone PG-13 on yeah, us. Yeah. Right. Right. And I don't, I don't, I don't know that Force Awakens deserve to be PG-13. By the way, so I don't know. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I think it's the. I think it was the Han Solo scene. Mm. Also, in August of '87. What is this crap? Oh, this is from the. Oh my gosh! I'm so sorry, everybody. That's not the right one. Oh That's my not gosh! The right one. That was horrible. Come on, Steve. There we go. There you go. No, I never felt this way before. Nobody put Steve in the corner. It's the truth. And I owe it all to you. Was I at the time of my life? And I owe it all to you. This soundtrack was such a massive hit that even Patrick Swayze had a hit single from this. Oh, you talking about um, Hungry Eyes? Was that? Wait, wasn't it? No, she's, she's like, like the, wind. the wind. She's like the wind. Who did Hungry Eyes? That wasn't Patrick Swayze. No. Huh. Well, now I'm going to have to figure this that one out. This was my prom in 1988. The prom theme was Time of Our Lives. Nice. Of course it was. was the prom song. Was it not everybody's... Um, prom theme that year i don't know i i had friends who's like had like a led zeppelin song is their prom thing i'm like oh i wish i could have gone to your prom <laughs> that's awesome but that's my, uh, miami florida in, in may of 1988 was all about dirty dancing doing the lift How do you call your lover boy? <laughs> well, here, we'll do a little bit of late great Patrick Swayze here. I do miss Patrick Swayze. He did some great work. Yeah. She's like the wind through my tree. She rides the night next to me. Alright, it takes a while to get to the hook. I feel a brother in my furrows. Alright, let's move on to 1992. 
Oh, 20 years ago. 25, 25 years ago. Years 25 ago. years ago. Boomerang with Eddie Murphy, another movie I've never seen. Yep. Oh, this is a good movie. Oh, yeah? Eddie Murphy, uh, oh, Martin Lawrence, David Alan Greer are like the three best friends. Uh, Halle Berry, Robin Givens, young Chris Rock. Um, this was this is a really solid movie. Mm. Uh, one of Eddie Murphy's best, and the soundtrack was massive hit. Hit song from Boys to Men. Hit song from PM Dawn. Not PM Dawn. Yeah, PM Dawn. Was, I die without you. What was uh, what was the Boys to Men song? Was that um, hard? That wasn't oh, hard to say goodbye. Huh? That wasn't hard to say goodbye to yesterday. No. Not in Boomerang. Um. Wow. I, let me let me Google that because I am not I just, up I on my boomerang earlier. My boomerang soundtrack knowledge. I'm sorry. Maybe someone in the chat can help us out. No, no. not a hit. End I, of the road. Although we're God, yes, till the end of the road. And of course, uh, Boys to Men now singing about gas and flatulence in a Geico commercial. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I have not seen that. Yeah. So gassy, girl. Because <laughs> they're, they're singing all the side effects to the medication to this woman at the pharmacy counter. And it's all about how gassy she's going to be. My favorite. This is the movie Boomerang, everybody, starring Eddie Murphy. Someone says we don't know what we're talking about. Um,. The uh, my favorite boys to men um, comedy moment actually doesn't come with the boys to men. It comes from Kimmy Schmidt when Titus has to trick his landlord into thinking he's singing at a funeral, and she ends up going with him. And it's a and he just shows up at a Korean funeral where he doesn't know the people because he's just faking her out. And he gets up to sing, and he's like, "Close your eyes, make a wish." And blow out the can, and he like he can see the fear come over his face, and his landlord's standing there, and she's like, "It's the wrong boys to men." And he gets to the course, he's like, "I'll make love to you," and he's just like, and he just looks terrified that he's singing the wrong thing, like he got himself locked into the wrong thing. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. So here, here, this is I do remember this. We belong together. Oh, now you're taking me back to high school, son. Well, you know the PM Dawn song, too. I don't think I do. It was another big hit. I Die Without You. Really? Yep. Are you sure? Are you sure that was a yeah. hit? Because we're being told some things aren't a hit that were a hit. I don't know what he was talking about that's not a hit, but Scott Reifen said something's not a hit about three minutes ago, and I don't know what he was referring to then. Um, seventy million dollar gross. I don't. I guess he's talking about this movie wasn't a hit. I don't know. Seventy million dollars back in nineteen ninety two was a hit. Hmm. By the way, I sing. This... I can sing like this. Still I can't let go. All right. Yeah, we we slow dance to that mess, or, you know, I watch people slow dance to that mess. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
I watched people slow dance to the Dirty Dancing song. Oh, man. I think at that point my date was asleep in a corner. Yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, yeah. You want to talk about... Um, I want to talk about A League of Their Own. Yes, sir. This is one of my favorite Tom Hanks performances of all time. Oh, you talk about iconic. There's no crying in baseball. That's my favorite Tom Hanks line. There's no crying in baseball. Oh. oh, he is just fantastic in this. I just love this movie, too. It's uh, a good it's a movie. great sports movie. Yeah. Yeah, I like... A lot of fun stuff in it. Good story. Gina Davis is great in it. Lori Petty is great in it. Oh, I completely forgot about this song, too. I had a really good friend who I was absolutely in love with that she would play this song a lot and I was just like, you play it, girl. You go ahead and play it. Um, <laughs> a League of Their Own is a fantastic movie. This is a movie, yeah. this is another one that still holds up. Of course, it's based on, you know, the true story of women stepping in to play baseball during the war and uh, and, and it's a, it's all about building camaraderie and there's it's it's funny, but it's also heartwarming and dramatic at times. It's good stuff. It's really good stuff. I love the scene where Hanks throws the, the glove at the, the fat little annoying kid and he nails him. He's just like, ha ha, got him! <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't really go over well these days, I don't think. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it would in the movie, but like in real uh, life. I just love his character in this movie. And I mean, he's, he's not the main character in the movie, the Gina Davis is, but he's just so good. Mm. I've, I have a request real quick. Teresa wanted me to play Motown Philly. Okay. So, you do what the co-host wants sometimes. Yeah. Uh, we still got like 20 movies I know, we've got to hurry. We've got to hurry. Two hours. Buffy so the Vampire Slayer, not the show, the movie, but it started the whole thing. Yep. The cult classic that I've never watched all the way through. Yeah, actually neither have I, but, you know, cult classic. In August, 25 years ago, it's a hell of a thing killing a man. Unforgiven. Oh, I was just watching this movie the other day. Clint Eastwood, and Morgan Freeman, Gene Hackman. Good night. Richard Harris. What a what a cast, what a film. Oh, it's so good. <clears throat> I think that's one of my favorite lines in cinema. It's a hell of a thing killing a man. Yeah. I mean, you could just go on and on about this movie. You can go on and on but, about just one actor, one of each actor in this movie. Like you could do a whole show on Gene Hackman in Unforgiven. And they give Gene Hackman some great scenes in this movie too. Right. You know the, the scene where he's got Richard Harris's character in the prison cell. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's just taunting him with, you know, are these stories about you true? And he like offers him the pistol. And oh, it's just such a great scene for both those guys. Gene Hackman in this movie, he's not, he's sinister. He's absolutely sinister, but he's not like your mustache twirling Western villain. No, he is, no, yeah. he's, he's trying to protect his town. Yep. Yep. Oh, it's such a good movie. Um, you know, I've never, okay, here's the thing. I started watching Twin Peaks a little bit ago because I, you know, I knew it was going to get hyped up with the return on Showtime and everything. And they've had it on net Netflix and, I've watched like the first season and about three or four episodes into the second season and I just kind of faded on it 
but 25 years ago in August, Twin Peaks Firewalk with Me came out. Was that? I didn't know they made a Twin Peaks movie. I think they made this after the series was on. Right. Look, I'll be honest with you. I've I've not watched Twin Peaks. Like I, I put this on here because of the relevance to the series being sure. like a big hit currently. That, yeah. You know, this is a movie that came out 25 years ago. That's the staying power of some of these properties. But for me, David Lynch is just, he's one of those directors that's just never really connected with right. me. I got to tell you, I don't know that it connects with me. I was just kind of like caught up in the weirdness of it all during like the first season's worth of Twin Peaks. And then there was, of course, a cliffhanger. So I had to see how that ended. But um, beyond that, I'm just like, okay, I think I don't really want to stick around for all of this. Um, it's just a really weird soap opera of a show. And so I don't know yeah. how the movie turned out. 20 years ago, this... I, go ahead. I was just going to say, my nephews are crazy into Twin Peaks. Really? Yeah. Huh. That surprises me. I don't so, I don't yeah. know why they would be. Uh 20 years ago, 19... This surprised me because I thought this was closer to the 2000s that this came out. Men in Black in July yep. of 1997. July 1997. Wow. Here come the Men in Black. Yes. Uh, Will Smith doing his thing after... Um, on the hills, really kind of on the hills of Independence Day, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. Him and Tommy Lee Jones, and this is really a good movie, Eric. I really like Men in Black. Yeah, this first one's a great movie. Vincent D'Onofrio. Yes. The, uh, the possessed guy. You know what? I didn't realize that until I heard him in an interview the other day, and someone was talking to him about it. And um, and I'm like, he was he was Edgar? Yeah, the, the bug guy. Yeah. Sugar water. Give me sugar, sugar water. water. <laughs> Give me more sugar. And Linda Fiorentino. Yes. Um, yeah. And also, this was one of the one of the first movies to completely spoil the ending in the first trailer they showed for the movie. Because like the first trailer was the scene at the at the end of the movie where like they're at Flushing Meadows in Queens and with the two spaceships up there, oh. and it comes crashing down. I didn't. I don't remember the trailer to be honest with you. So, I just remember I was excited that Will Smith was doing more alien stuff. This was a fun movie, and I got to be honest with you, Men in Black Two was okay. I like Men in Black Three. I liked Men in Black 3. Um, but, yeah, Men in Black is a good, good time. Um, Rip, uh, Rip Torn, also in Men yes, in Black. Yeah. Uh, Contact, July of 1997. This is another one that I really like. Jodie Foster, Matthew McConaughey, uh, Tom uh, Skerritt. See, I take the... the I'm going to quote Mr. Garrison from South Park on this because mm-hmm. he summed up my feelings of this movie exactly. Uh-oh, careful now. I waited the whole damn movie to see the aliens and it wound up being her dad. <laughs> <laughs> but it was still to this day like just irks me. Yeah, but you know what? I still belief. I I'll Freaking tell you what David Morse comes walking out. I tell like, you what, what I tell you what I still use to this day is so beautiful. Should have sent a poet. 
Like if I'm just seeing something that I think is just absolutely amazing, like a movie, a hamburger that I love, so beautiful. Should have sent a poet. Um, but Jodie Foster's great in it, and uh, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Although I kind of feel like he's a little miscast in this movie. Yeah, well, you know, he's the sex-loving preacher. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I tell you, you know, I just I need to know: Do you believe in God? Um, yeah, this movie. What I like about them high school girls. This movie well, is again, so much stay the same age. But the movie is is not so much about the destination; it's about the journey of getting there and everything, and and the struggles and the trials and travails. I I dig it. I can't believe you put George of the Jungle on the list twenty years ago in nineteen ninety seven. Brandon thought Fraser. it was going to be a movie that you'd want. Like <laughs> when I'm making up this list, I'm trying to find the Steve ones. I mean, so I, I probably would have put this. I probably put this on there. Before we start recording, I just watched the trailer again for this. Yeah, because I, I think I saw it like one time, mm-hmm. maybe on video after it came out. But the trailer, I'm like, all right, I need, I want to see this again because it just looks stupid fun. Who, who, uh, who like was in that with Brandon Fraser? Who was in that with him? Do you remember from watching the trailer? Uh, no, because it was mostly like the talking gorilla. And, oh yeah, uh, and the baby elephant that's his dog. Wow, I don't remember anything other than Brandon Fraser. I was. Yeah, and I the went song. on. The, Come on, you don't you don't have the song queued up? The George of the Jungle song? Yeah. I don't have Watch that song. Out for I, the didn't, tree. I didn't think about queuing that song up. <laughs> um, George, George, George of the George Jungle. Of jungle. I gotta tell you, um, I did not i saw this movie one time i was on a date with a girl who worked at the are we talking about george no yeah george of the jungle we're talking about george of the jungle Uh, what is this now well this is not george has there been a new cartoon of george of the jungle maybe but the theme song's got to be the same it's iconic I don't know what's going on here. There it George, is. George, George, George of the jungle, strong as he can be. Ah! Watch out for that tree. George, George, George. I don't know what that's from, but this is the original. So you're Here's on the original. A date with the girl. Yeah, and there was a double feature of this and something else playing, and I don't know why we. And it was at the. The dollar fifty movie theater. We're like, let's just go see a movie together. And so we just sat there and watched this. And I, she was a real cute girl, and you know, I, I guess she liked me okay. But we never really talked much afterwards. So it was a bad choice on my part to go to this movie with her. I guess I took a first date to see Boogie Nights. And I, I gotta I, tell you, I don't know that that was a good move either. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely was not a good move. That but, was the first and only date. Yeah, but the movie was amazing. So. <laughs> Let's talk about all the all the bad dates we've ever had. Um, bad date. Uh, <laughs> and we can play that clip at the end of every story. Bad date. Uh, all right, this get off one. get off my plane, Harris. Get off my plane. Get off my plane. There we go. There's your your popcorn. You know, pass the popcorn quiz. There You'll you give go. Us a quote for the movie. Be like, get off. My get plane. off my plane. Air Force One. Gary Oldman. As the bad guy, Harrison Ford is the president. Man, 
I like this movie. I love this movie, by the way. I yeah, hadn't watched it in a movie. while, but Harrison it is a good movie. Is great in this movie. Yes, he is. He's the he's the president we all want. Bill Macy is in this movie. He plays like That's the right the William H Macy. Yes, yes. Uh, Glenn Close. Oh, she's the, she's vice, the vice president. president. That's right. This is a good movie. That's I forgot about him about uh, William H Macy being in there. Fantastic. Uh, Eric, I've never seen. Right, good... let, let me introduce. Uh, welcome to Good Bird. Wait, damn it. <laughs> There's a line. <laughs> line. Oh, uh, it's the, it's really famous. Uh, I had it earlier. I've gone brain dead on it. Anyway, welcome to Good, good Burger. Burger, home of the Good Burger. May I take your order? Can please? I take your order? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen this movie. It was. This was. Uh... You know, this is Keenan and Cal. Yep. Um, after my time. I think, huh? It's a little bit after my time. But I think that this started as a sketch on their Nickelodeon show. It sure did. And then it spun off into the movie. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, Sounds about right. So just crazy, goofy. You know, again, for kids. Yes. Yep. Um, also, 20 years ago in August, or in July, rather... I mean, this is the character who defines 1990 superheroes and comic books. Spawn, the Spawn movie. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a prime example of 90 superhero action, early digital, all that stuff. Is oh, I don't remember if I like this movie or not, but I just remember it being there for sure. I mean, look. I give them credit for trying to do some interesting stuff. I mean, casting John Leguizamo as the clown Mm -hmm. was really interesting, and he's actually pretty decent in it. Um, Some of the visual effects are just way crazy to computer. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, they they push the envelope a little bit with it. So what's going to be interesting is, is... McFarlane's now directing a new Spawn movie produced by Blumhouse, who does, you know, all those like low budget horror movies. Yes, yeah. Um, and they're gonna kind of give it that sort of approach. And in an interview that I was reading earlier today, he was talking about the main character is going to be the cop Twitch, and Spawn. He was he was referring to Spawn as like the shark in the original Jaws movie. Mm-hmm. Where it's not the main character. Like, it's present through the whole movie, but you don't see it through the whole movie. And that's how he's envisioning Spawn in this. Really? I, see, I don't Twitch know. Twitch is going to be the main character, and then Spawn is going to be like the shark. So, hmm. Twitch is your Roy Scheider, yeah. and uh, Spawn is your shark. I don't know. I think you... I don't know. I, I'm. If, that's how he described it. Yeah. So. Um. How about here's another one I didn't realize. Here's another one I thought was like 2001 or two in August 20 years ago. Copland, starring Arnold, uh, starring Arnold, starring Sylvester Stallone. So I, I, th- this is another one with kind of sentimental things for me. Yeah, but it's also uh, a great Stallone performance. Oh, it's a great Stallone movie, and the cast in this movie is insane. Is Bobby Ray Liotta? Nero and Ray Liotta. Yeah, and Harvey Keitel. Like it, it's nuts, but. I was jockeying the counter at a video store in Jersey City, New Jersey, and they shot Copland in in that area. Oh wow! And so, like, we would 
like I we would hang out on set some nights and stuff like just all the locals like hanging around and Stallone was really cool would come out and talk to people and like take pictures and oh, stuff nice. so for about a month in in our little area it was like a big deal because they're like shooting the Sylvester Stallone movie here so that's just kind of a little sentimental thing but also like the cast on this is insane and it's a good movie um this next one's for you, baby. Uh, cop steel. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. Shaquille O'Neal, ladies and gentlemen, starred as John Henry Irons in a movie called Steel. And you want to talk about bad movies. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, there's nothing redeeming about this at all. This is a terrible, terrible movie. And Shaq's terrible in it. I'm not terrible. But I know I'm a pretty you good like actor. the Superman stories. Yeah, but the problem is, is like Superman's nowhere to be found in this thing. Like, there's no. You have to know the comics to know that it's connected to Superman in any way, shape, or form. And uh, it's, mm, it's not good. It's just not good. <laughs> uh, it's not good. It's better than Kazam. I watched the. It's terrible. I watched Shaq in that movie, and I was like. So not only can I dunk on him, I can act I better than Chuck him too, and, and I ain't even been in a movie. You better shut up over there, Chuck. Um, yeah. So still, nineteen ninety-seven, August of ninety-seven. Uh, moving, moving on. <laughs> Fifteen years ago, July two thousand two. Uh, real quick, Men in Black two. We've talked about it a little bit. Uh, yep. I don't know that it was as good as the first one, but I still like it. Okay. Um, that's the one that has doesn't that have at the beginning. Uh, he's, he takes, uh, Patrick Warburton for pie. Yeah. And Warburton so. starts crying. Yeah. Road to perdition. Old Tom yeah, Hanks the place, himself. The place, the place to go for pie used to be like two blocks from my old apartment. Oh, nice. Nice. Road to perdition. Tom Hanks. Another movie I love. Yeah. Another great Tom Hanks movie. Kate. Um, is it, it, yeah, it's the, is it a gangster? Is it the, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Paul Newman, he he plays a guy who works for Paul Newman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he goes around and handles the collections for Paul Newman's character. Paul Newman's like the local kind of, you know, calling him my a crime boss in mm-hmm. the area. But you know, elderly man, very distinct and stuff. Um, Paul Newman's son is played by Daniel Craig, and Daniel Craig has ambitions to take over everything. Yeah, and Tom Hanks's character is like is like the son that Paul Newman wishes he had. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Daniel Craig basically sets up and tries to kill Tom Hanks, but actually kills his wife and son. And so Hanks takes his other surviving son, and the two of them go on the road on like a revenge mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is, is that Paul Newman's character reports to Al Capone and Hanks needs to get Frank Nitty's permission to take out Paul Newman and his son. And so they start robbing like all of uh, Capone's like banks and stuff. And it's like this road trip thing and everything. And then Jew Law plays this crazy hitman who is hired to take Tom Hanks out. Um, 
it's good stuff. It's based on a comic book. I saw it. Yeah, I saw it back. I, I rented it after it first came out on video, and I only saw it the one time. I, I need to revisit it just because of Tom Hanks and it's a great, a great Hanks cast. performance. Yeah. It's great. One of Paul Newman's last movies. It's yeah. a it's a picture I really dig. K nineteen, the Widowmaker. Is that the one about the submarine? That's, is that is that yeah, Harrison, with Harrison Ford? Harrison Ford playing the Russian doing the Russian matter. Yeah, doing the Russian accent. Yeah. And I think that was directed by Catherine Bigelow also. Oh wow, really? I think so, yeah. Oh, Catherine it's not that great. It's not that good no, a movie. No, no, Catherine ain't scared. I, to... I put it on there because it's Harrison. Oh, Catherine ain't scared to direct some more movies. Austin Powers and Goldmember. Let me tell you, the only thing I really like about this movie is there's the moment where he's climbing up the ladder behind Dr. Evil. And he says, you know, Dr. Evil, I used to think you were crazy, but now I can see you're nuts. And he looks right at the camera and he goes, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the, <laughs> the, just the break of the fourth wall going oh thank you <laughs> yeah Bigelow directed K-19 um, was Goldmember the third one it was the last one yeah it's the one yeah, that had all I the different little opening sequence yes. with uh, like you all know, the celebrity cameos Tom Cruise playing yeah. Austin Powers yep. Steven Spielberg's directing it Love that bit. John Travolta's gold member. Um, and then in August, 15 years ago in 2002, M. Night Shyamalan Signs, which I love this movie. I love this movie too. I think it's fantastic. And and one of the scariest moments is when he's, it's also funny, it's when he's watching the TV and the and the, uh, and the alien just kind of comes across the screen like the old Bigfoot video. And he's like, yeah, Vominos, yeah. children, Vominos. And With then you Joaquin see it. Famous, he's like, move, children, yes, move. Vominos. Yeah. And then, <laughs> but it's just that it did a great job of just kind of freaking, and never really showing the alien and stuff. It did yeah, that whole thing. Yeah, it just thing. builds the tension so well. But yeah. when you see that alien, like that first time where he's mm-hmm. watching on TV, I like flew out of my seat. Yeah, me too. Me too. That's what I'm saying. Love that movie. We um, actually, I was a youth and the pastor. Scene in the kitchen in the abandoned house mm-hmm. is great too, where the alien's trapped in the cupboard. Yes, yes. And he cuts his fingers off. Yeah. Um, I was a youth pastor down in South Georgia when this came out. And then when it came out on video, we actually, I set up a big screen, like like 15, 18 foot scaffolding and, and stretched a big old canvas across. And uh, we did it set up a sound system and a projector and everything and outdoors, like right next to a, a field of, of, of like corn and stuff. We watched signs. Nice. It was great. Good times. Uh, Swing away. Ten years ago in July. Here you go, baby. Oh, Here man. you go. Listen, I know we're at two and a half hours right now, but this has been one of my favorite episodes of all time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Transformers came out. And, and while everyone complained, Steve just sat there and said, but he said, I am Optimus Prime. <laughs> I love the first Transformers movie. Freedom is the right of all sentient beings. Oh. There, because it's like we're it's freaking Transformers. Yes, I did. I love them all. I'm not going to lie to you. I love them and all. It went downhill after the first one. I love them all. I, and, and, I at some point you and I are going to have a discussion about the last night. I love the last night. <laughs> I just, uh, oh. All right, can, uh, we got to talk about this. We'll for take a, a few. Second. Okay, right. we'll take a second and do so. So the first thing that like completely throws me off mm-hmm. is you cast Stanley Tucci, who was in the previous Transformers movie, to play Merlin. Right. 
So I'm like, at first I'm like, all right, so wait a minute, he's Merlin, so maybe he's like, you know, found some magic way that like he stayed alive, and that was really Merlin in the last movie. But no, Merlin dies. Yes. So like, what are you doing? Why are you casting the same actor to play two different roles? By the way, didn't realize that Stanley <laughs> Tucci was playing Merlin. Until you just said something about it. So that completely throws me off. That's great. Then, uh, we're not, I'm not even going to get started with the Unicron stuff. Oh, man. But what are you just, talking about? That's great. That he lives in Earth? Uh, no, that he is Earth. I, no, I think it's that he lives in the Earth more than he is Earth. I took it to, to be that he is Earth. No, I, I think it's that he's been buried within the Earth and that he's been there for millions or billions of but years. unicron is a planet right well those horns are pretty big dude he could be a small moon that's no moon that's a space station i mean he's about the size unicron would be about the size of the death star maybe bigger maybe a little bit bigger than the death star that's no earth that's unicron yeah maybe maybe he's a little bit bigger than i don't know titan um i don't know i don't know how big titan is so i'm not going to go there but uh, yeah, I think. Look, you you can mess around with the with the mythology a little bit. It's fine. Listen, continuity was thrown out of the mo- out of the window in this movie, and I absolutely loved it. Yeah. I just look. I can't tell you what happened in the film. I just know that I sat there and loved every minute of it. <laughs> I, look, I will say it was better than the previous one. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's still it was an hour too long. That's uh, not- there was there was a lot of garbage in this movie that should have could have been cut. I don't. I wouldn't have cut a. I. I, I would. Have, uh, I wanted more. Give me more. Well, basically, all the scenes that don't. I mean, most of the movie. I'd say sixty percent of the movie has no Transformers. In it. Yeah. That well. And the movie's called Transformers. Yeah. Well, that was my problem with the first movies. I felt like there was too much focus on the humans. It's like a Star Wars movie not having Star Wars in it. Yeah. Well, so Force. You talking about the Force Awakens? Um. Uh. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's wrong. I shouldn't have gone down that road. Um, no, look, I I will. I know there are a thousand million problems with it, but I just came out of that film thinking it is the most mindless fun I've had in a long time. And when Optimus turns around, he's like, I have failed you, but I will not fail again. And he's like, I am Optimus Prime. We will attack Cybertron. I'm like, yes! <laughs> you lead on, Optimus Prime. And old Bud from... From uh, Arrested Development, it's like, we got to use physics. Uh, <laughs> it's like, hey, physics. I'm like, yes, do it. Oh, I, lo- I just, I, I dug it. I absolutely dug it and could have. I, I don't know. I just kept seeing one whole. I mean, the 12 knights transformed together to form the dragon. It's fantastic. But then they kill off like six of the knights, but mm-hmm. they're still able to form the dragon. Yeah, man. Why not? I don't think that all 12 formed know. the dragon. Apparently, just six did. Well, uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Even though we were led to believe that it took all 12. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, that's... Um, under, again, listen. You got a Transformer submarine that never transforms. That's awesome. Look, here's what you need to understand, and I mean this with all my heart. You're... But wait, wait, wait. The, the biggest thing for me, mm-hmm. and I think I, I think I texted you after I saw the movie complaining about this. Yeah. All right, and that the Transformers animated movie, I hated Hot Rod. Yes, right. And, and this movie just reconfirmed why I hated Hot Rod because now all of a sudden Hot Rod has a French has accent. has a French accent. Yeah, yeah. Look, I got to tell you something. 
Everything you say. Everything you say is 100% correct. Everything you say is right. I don't disagree with it. I can't I can't argue it. I can't even make out like like this like like I, I don't disagree with you at all. Where we come down on differing sides of the fence is I love every bit of it. <laughs> I was just like no it makes no sense at all. But in a world where they've thrown continuity out the window, why not? Let's just go along for whatever ride this is. And it's like a roller coaster. You've gotten shaken all over the place. You've gone up and down, and you really went nowhere at all. And that's fine with me. I don't. I just. I had so much fun, and I felt like it was so superior. So I don't know what happened just then. So superior to the last uh, whatever it was, Age of Extinction. Oh, I will definitely not disagree with you on that. That I just. I. It was better than I thought it was going to be. I mean, I really. I went in with no expectations whatsoever, and just came out. Loving it. So, Mark Wahlberg had a magic sword. <laughs> he had Excalibur. That's, he had Excalibur. He had Mark Wahlberg as King Arthur. <laughs> I love it. I love uh, it. Oh, that's so good. Okay, so, but the first Transformers I, I, I absolutely loved as well. Yeah, um, it's good. The first Transformers was fun. I had to get over some things, but ultimately I loved oh, okay, it. Okay, wait a minute. But okay, so first Transformers has has Shia LaBeouf's Wit Wiki character in it. Yes, sir. Who is not a Wit Wiccan? Right, but he's a Wit Wiki. He's a Wit Wiki, but mm-hmm. he's not a Wit Wiccan, even though he hung out with the Transformers for three movies. Yeah, I got to tell you what I think. Well, he's in the and his picture was up with the Wit Wiccans yep. as like the guy who's not a Wit Wiccan. Oh, I thought he was saying like, he was. I thought it said that he wasn't. I don't know, but I, well, see again, I couldn't tell you what that order is. All I know is it was like if you see this guy, do not let him in. <laughs> Because he's crazy, I think. But here's the thing: is I think what you have there is that his great grandfather, Archibald Witwicky, who went exploring the Arctic, was a Witwicken, and whoever and his son, when he saw that his dad was going crazy, he's like, I don't want any part of this life anymore, and completely separated himself from all that. And you, and that's where you end up with uh, Sam and his family the way they are, and and they get sucked back into it because of destiny. I think his family got killed by the government between three and extinction. Because of what happens with Kelsey Grammer and all those people, but anyhow, that's a. I could listen if you. I also want to know what like dirty laundry they unearthed on Anthony Hopkins to make him do this movie. That is the real mystery. <laughs> hey, that's the real mystery of this film. That that is the mystery of this film, and it may be why we didn't see more Transformers <laughs> because maybe. we couldn't afford them. Um, or maybe Anthony Hopkins was completely digital character. All of the Transformers CGI money went into actually making Anthony Hopkins appear in this movie. But you know what? He to never his, really filmed anything for it. But to his credit, like I never really felt like he was just phoning it in. No, to I'm his, not saying that. But to his credit, he he did the role, and like he just, I I felt like he was having fun. You know, maybe Anthony Hopkins is really Unicron. <clears throat> mm, I'm fine with that. Um... So, listen, if you want to be here till you have to go to work in the morning, we can talk all five Transformer movies right now. Oh, will, no, no. No, we're not. I will stay up all night long. 
Uh, Harry Potter. I have no desire to talk all five. Well, now before, let me tell you Teresa. who's going to get upset with us right now. Bless her heart, old ice cold oh, penguin. Oh, Teresa. Yes, Teresa, all ready for this one. Because I'm just going to gloss over it pretty much. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. I will say it was my least favorite uh, Harry Potter book, but I really did like the movie a lot. Yeah, it came out ten years ago. All right, let's talk about the Simpsons. Oh, movie. the Simpsons. Spider Pig. <laughs> spider Pig does whatever a Spider Pig does. <laughs> I did really like Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. It's one of my favorite of the series. Yeah, it's one of the better ones of the series. Yeah, they 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 kind of corrected anything that they got wrong with the fourth one and, and moving forward. All all those final those final four movies are really good. The Harry Potter, yeah. Films. So, um, I did yeah, not like Sim- I did Simpsons not like the movie. Book, I love anything with the Simpsons in it. This yeah. movie was brilliant. Spider Pig was fantastic. Yeah, Harry Harry Plopper. What's great about that movie is just how much it is such a just a, a an extended Simpsons episode. Yes, because it starts out with one thing and just suddenly the plot becomes something else completely that spin, may spin out of the thing that happened in the first three minutes. It, 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 it's so stupid, but I love the scene where Homer's stuck on the wrecking ball and it keeps hitting between the rock and the hard place. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh. Mm. Um. Yeah, I love the okay, Simpsons. So I like the Simpsons movie. Well, August two thousand seven, ten years ago, super bad. Super bad. Jonah Hill was introduced to the world. Michael Sarah. Yeah. McLovin. McLovin. That's a. I mean, that was that movie felt uh, to me like a throwback to. And this is another thing I don't know that they do a lot of, but it felt like a throwback to some of that old John Hughes high school antics. Yep. You know kind of stuff the last one i remember anything being like was uh the jennifer love hewitt when the the can't get enough or something i don't know but anyhow can't hardly wait right can't hardly wait and so another great movie with another crazy cast yep and so super bad really felt like kind of a callback to those because i don't know that we get a lot of those anymore that's not just blatantly like I don't know. I feel like the people who try to do them these days don't quite understand the full spirit of them, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's they try to make it like they add like the gross-out humor or whatever. Yeah, they, or they try to be too American pie. They, yeah. They try, mean, to, they try to go the vulgar side. Because the characters are great. And yeah, yeah, there was, you know, the crazy, silly stuff in it, but it was just all about good characters. Emma yeah. Stone is in this one, too. Yes, yes. How about when they're laying there? See, here's the thing that makes Superbad great to me is... They're laying there at the end when they've kind of gotten home and everything's gone down the wrong way. And mm-hmm. and they're just laying there in sleeping bags. And he's like, I love you, man. And you're just leaving me. And I'm going to miss you. And, and that's... And, and it, it, he, like, touches his nose. It's like, boop, boop, boop. Yeah. <laughs> but they get serious. And, like, it means something. It matters. You know, like, it's like this whole this whole thing has not been just to be a laugh-a-minute riot. It's... It's mattered to these guys, and this is their friendship, and this is them dealing with growing up, and that's what those older movies were all about, you know. Beyond all the comedy, beyond all the, you know, all the vulgarity or even the gross-out humor, it, there was a heart to it, and th- and that's what Superbad had as well. I yeah, yeah. I love the scene too, where Michael Sarah's gonna sing for the guys. These eyes, <laughs> these eyes have never seen. I've seen a lot of love, but they're never gonna see another love I had with you. Well, Ash, you were born to the darkness. Wait, you, you employ darkness. I was born to it. 
Darth Vader. All right. Darth Vader. Last one. Five years ago, The Dark Knight Rises. This was the third one. When Gotham is in ashes, then you have my permission to die, Darth Vader breathing, Darth Vader breathing. I hated this movie. This was not a good movie, Darth Vader breathing. <laughs> Just like no Batman in this movie. There was, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. I Listen, I will say that, I, I and I have maintained this since the first time I saw it, that I felt like it was a good ending to what to a trilogy that Nolan was trying to tell to a story, but I don't feel like it was a good Batman movie, and um, I, I maintain that I maintain it's a good Nolan Batman movie, but it's not a good Batman movie. And can, can I just please implore on any directors, yes. or producers, yes. or casting agents out there who might be listening? Yes. stop muffling Tom Hardy. Uh, but my voice sounds so good, muffled. Darth Vader breathing. Darth Vader breathing. <laughs> It's like every movie he does, he's got like a muzzle on or a mask on. Perhaps I wasn't. His throat's been slit so he can barely speak. Like they, they're always messing with his voice. Or like he did that movie Legend where he played the two brothers and like had that thick accent where you could barely understand anything he was saying. It's like, oh, just stop already. Let the dude just like act. Perhaps they're wondering why you would cause his voice to be altered before you cast him, Darth Vader breathing, Darth Vader breathing. Why would you kill a man if you're just going to throw him out the window? Perhaps he's wondering why you'd shoot a man before throwing him out of the... Yeah, I just... uh, Alright, I'm taking lunch orders. (laughs) Welcome to Geek Out Loud. All right, enough Bane. That's never enough Bane. (laughs) (laughs) All right, thus endeth the longest past the corn ever. Oh my gosh! So, all right, so let's go back to Transformers. Um, no, I'm kidding. Oh, Erish, I gotta tell you, son, I've had so much fun. (laughs) This is good. Give me a couple more questions. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. We'll do this real fast. Popcorn. We'll do this real fast. Pass the popcorn. Um, 1999 drama. Do you want cast, story, characters, or quotes? Uh, Tom Cruise, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Magnolia. Oh, it. Uh, 1996 horror. Ooh, I'm not good with horror, so give me a plot or summary or whatever it was. A masked... Does it do that? Yeah, uh, this is the story. A masked killer terrorizes a group of teenage horror movie buffs in a small town. Scream. Yeah, if they hadn't said teenage horror movie buffs, I think it would have been a little bit tougher. Um, Let's see here. This will be easy. 1987 comedy. I'm not going to give you the cast. Characters. Ad exec Neil Page, shower curtain ring salesman Dale Griffith. (laughs) Um, Dumb and Dumber? No. No. I'm Del Griffith. I'm a curtain ring se- shower curtain ring salesman. Oh, is this uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? That's right. That's right. Dumb and Dumber. We'd have a better chance of playing pickup sticks with our butt cheeks than getting a plane out of here today. <laughs> Those are not pillows. <laughs> All right, 1993 drama. I'm not going to give you the cast, and I'm not going to give you the uh, characters. I will give you the story or a quote. Give me a quote. 
Oh, this is easy. The tagline. It gives you the tagline. A husband, a wife, a millionaire, a proposal. Oh, uh, indecent proposal. That's right. Man. These are. I like this game, but I, I don't think that you're going to be able it's to be too stumped. Easy. I don't think you're going to be able to be stumped with this. So let's see. If give we, me one more. I'll give you one more. I'm going to try to find one that I may not be that you may not be able to uh, give me one more and then give me a little uh, what song didn't what didn't we what didn't we hear oh you, you're gonna make a request on the way out huh maybe alright that's fine that's fine maybe. that's fine that's fine how about a 1959 comedy ugh um okay you want the cast the uh, characters the story or a quote Give me the story. Give me the story. Two musicians on the run from the mob go undercover as women and join a female band. 1959 comedy. Oh, this is, um, is this Some Like It Hot? That is correct, sir. Indeed, Some Like It Hot. But not me. I'm a cold weather man myself. Actually, a movie that I've never seen. Yeah, me neither. But Marilyn Monroe, Jack Lemmon, That's and right. don't remember the other Tony Curtis. Uh, I don't. I have put it away. I'm sorry. I have put it away. Yes, Tony Curtis. So there you go. Look at you rocking and rolling like you know how to do it, man. <sighs> this was a blast, my friend. Oh, I had well, such a good time. Have- you might have to split it into two episodes. Not at all. Geekfuel.com/slash/geekoutloud. Don't forget to go there. Also, if you want to support the shows, use those links to Amazon, uh, Think Geek, Entertainment Earth. You can find them at geekoutpodcast.com and geekoutonline.com. And if you want to support the shows directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash geekoutloud. And uh, Arish, how good has it been? Arish is at Darth underscore Duff on Twitter. You can follow Geek Out Loud at Geek Out Loud. You can follow the entire Goldiverse at Goldiverse. I'm at Steve Glosson. If you want to email us, you can do so, geekoutonline at gmail.com. And, of course, the Facebook group, Guardians of the Goldiverse. Just look for us, ask to join. We'll throw you right in there. Make sure that you check that pinned post uh, that Teresa has put there and uh, and put your name up under it to let them know you read it and, um, and then it's, join in the fun. It's a fun group. We're folks. having a good time. We have a really good time down there. So uh, check us out there on the Facebook if you want to, if you're so inclined. I uh, want to thank everyone who's joined us live in the chat at Mixer.com slash Goliverse. And uh, we're going to continue to do things to interact more and more with you guys who join us live at Mixer.com slash Goliverse. So if you see us tweet out that we're live, tune in. It's going to be a good time. Erish, my brother from another mother, thank you so much for taking the time to do this, sir. My pleasure. My pleasure. Always a blast. Until next time, for Air Shurn of Ice, I'm Steve Glosson, and we'll see you around the Goliverse. So we'll just let it go. So be afraid, be afraid to lose, to lose control. control. Yes, I know it's on your mind when you say, stay with me tonight. Geekfuel.com slash geekoutloud.